Welcome to the Neighborhood Watch Party Podcast with George, James, and Drew. While we may essentially just be fans of the sport, we passionately debate it weekly and have recorded it here for your viewing pleasure. Check out our social media in the description to find us on other platforms. Please enjoy. Y'all right and welcome to the podcast again, everybody. It's Drew here with the Neighborhood Watch Party with George, James, and Drew. Um, we're going to get you right into the show. We've got a general roadmap right here. First, we're going to start at the top of the show like we usually do with a little betting scoreboard update. We had a little bit of a shake-up week two after a little bit of episode one uh, performances that we thought would be pretty much setting the, the, the foundation for the rest of the season. But we've, we've got things a little shooken up there. Uh, next, we'll head into last week's games. We're looking at week 14 of the NFL. We've got a bunch of big games that we could talk about with you, but we've also got a bunch with our favorite teams and the Neighborhood Watch team to cover. We head into some breaking news. We've got a little bit of QB talk potentially, a little bit of injury this week in the NFL, and by a little bit, we mean a lot. And we're also going to go back to our surprises of the week again because we all found a few that we really liked enjoying watching this week. Um, we'll also talk a little bit about the playoffs. Those are coming up. But before we go into next week's games, we're going to talk those big games. We've got a couple of big ones for you coming up. Uh, we also have some favorite team games. You know, we've got some divisional stuff for the Browns. We've got a really easy week for the uh, Steelers, and I think we got a good competitive week for the Commanders. So all around, I think we've got good things to talk about today. We'll close off doing those bets again, and we'll be right back into the show. So with that, we're going to head right down to the betting scoreboard update. Um, James, we'll start with him again because he had a very similar performance to his week one performance. If consistency is what James is going for, he got it. He got another two points this week off of his New England and Cincinnati picks. But alongside me, he lost Minnesota and then also got his Las Vegas and Tampa picks wrong. So that leaves James at four uh, total on the season so far. James, we, we saw some consistency here, but how do we how do we improve going forward? I hate the Raiders. I hate the Raiders so much. Stay away yeah, from the Raiders. Is that have, is they, that it? They have, I, I don't think you understand how angry and I, and disappointed I was to see them blow a sixteen to three lead when I had that bet on lock. But uh, you know, at least at least the Bengals and I New was, England did it. I was rooting for you, James. And then I saw Baker Mayfield uh, down six. Oh, I, I thought it was a lock when Baker went in. I was like, okay, all right, no, this no, should be listen, fine. I thought it was a lock when Baker went in. But when it was when that ball got downed at the two. And everyone was like, oh, it's done. I was like, Baker Mayfield's going to come out and win this game. Gosh, gosh, I'm going to have to watch Baker Mayfield come and win a football game. I mean, I'll give Baker his credit. But, yeah, I mean, at least I'm consistent. You know, we're building we're building up the up the betting night. Up the betting night. You know, we're, 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 we're working our way up. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Well, you know, James, night. sometimes it's better to stay consistent because we had some big regression in this scoreboard this week from our boy Georgie. After a perfect week one performance. He only gets one pick right. But it wasn't the one he was most confident in, I feel like. He took his Lions. His Lions, with their gritty, winning attitude, got covered for him. But everything else fell through. Dallas, Kansas City, Seattle, Miami. Dallas minus 17, that was a stretch to begin with. Um, No NFL game should ever have a 17-point spread. And I think Dallas versus Houston proved that this weekend in that in the NFL, any team could beat any team any given week. Dallas did come out with a last second win, but there's no reason there should be a 17 point spread in the NFL ever. Alliance were the only team to come through. Like, like Drew said, I was beyond confident in that pick. 
and me and my friends weekly pick them. I was the only person to pick the Lions to beat the Vikings. And the, I guess the old saying goes, Vegas knows something we don't. The Lions were favored over a two-loss team. They know something we don't. And the Lions are hot. And do not be surprised if you see them again in my pick them this week. I'm two for two on my Lions. Um, and recovering against Kansas City felt a little phony. Kansas City looked electric in that game. Mm. Russ did have some offense cooking, but Broncos country was, a phony was riding. Um, I think James is going to talk a little bit more about the Seattle Carolina game later. I was shocked by that result. Then my lock of the week, Miami minus three. That was uh, me. Me and James st- both quote quote the Stone ugly, Cold Chargers. Me and James put some ugly locks of the week out last week with Tampa plus five and <laughs> Miami minus three. Yeah, no, it was not a fun pick does, there. But I remember what I said earlier about California team showed man. up on our locks of the week this week. Um, so you win some, you lose some, but yeah, no. On my end, though, I had a couple of ones that I thought I really again. I thought Minnesota was just going to win this game, um, and I thought the Bills were going to slap a little bit. Um, but, you know, I did some dirty things. You know, I don't necessarily feel the best about this week of winning. You know, I picked I picked Jacksonville. I stuck with our boys there. That was that was a good win. But I picked Baltimore, and I just feel dirty. You know, I knew it was coming. I knew we were going to lose that game. You know, I said I thought we were supposed to win it. But there's something just about games that the Steelers are supposed to win that they like to lose. Um, you know, it's the ones that we aren't supposed to win that we actually have a shot in. Um, so, you know, I just had yeah, to pick your him. Boy, your boy Mitch didn't help you too much in that game. No, listen, here, I'll talk more about Mitch later. Terrible. I'm, I, Mitchell Trubisky is not the reason we lost that game. Mitchell Trubisky's the reason you didn't win the game, though. No, I can tell you multiple. We'll, we'll get into that later. We'll get into my analysis later. We'll get into my analysis. But finally, for my... Lock of the week, you know. I was getting a lot of shit for this one last week, boys. I think I'm going to have to get a little clip on TikTok of these guys saying, Oh my God, Niter, the Bronx. You're picking the Broncos. I, they thought I was crazy when I said Russell Wilson is going to beat the toilets this week. And if it weren't for that injury, I think he blew the toilets out of the water. You know, that's all I'm saying. He might, he might have tied the toilets. I think he might have beat the toilets. That was a backup quarterback trash time. Because the backup came in and got one. So if the backup can come in and get one, don't tell me Mr. Money Russ Wilson couldn't maybe get two. I'm not saying it's without, outside the realm of possibilities in an NFL game. But what I am saying is if Russell Wilson would have thrown five touchdowns against the Kansas City Chiefs, I think I would have owed you a lot of money. <laughs> that was a trash time backdoor backup QB cover. You got lucky. I don't know about that. I don't know. Broncos country. Let's ride. All right. But that puts the scoreboard 10 for Drew, George at 8, and James at 4. It's still anybody's game. You know, if I don't pick anything up and James has a perfect week, he's right back into the week spot one. So... We'll dive deeper into last week's game. I think James is going to be leading us off with a little bit of Dolphins-Chargers talk, like George had hinted at a little bit earlier. All right, yeah, we got a we got a lot of lot of things to say about this game, but for, but I mean, honestly, I think we just got to say what a great game this was. I mean, this was a stunner. You know, everyone on Football Night in America picked the Dolphins to win, and the Chargers felt disrespected, and they came out and played one of the best games I've ever seen them play. 
you know, I actually thought the Chargers would win this game. I picked them in my uh, in my pick them with George earlier in the week, but I did I did not expect this type of performance from them. You know, the it was a twenty three to seventeen victory did not feel like a 20, 23 to seventeen victory in my eyes. But it was carried by the win was carried by Justin Herbert and an incredible performance by the Chargers defense. I don't think it can be said just how well that defense played, considering they were down so many starters. But I think it's I think I'm going to start with the Chargers' offensive performance here before going into the Dolphins, right? The, the Chargers' offensive and defensive performance, and then going into the Dolphins' failures this week. So Justin Herbert was just incredible. Guy threw, guy had 39 completions, threw for 367 yards and a touchdown, and he got both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back for the, I think it would be the second time or third time all year, and both of them performed really, really well. Allen had 12 catches for 92 yards, and Mike Williams had six for 116, including an incredible sideline sideline catch where he just basically contorted his body to catch the ball. I that one of the best catches I've seen by him or just by any receiver this year. And just showing his talent and how important he is to that offense to get a deep vertical threat going. But I just think the Chargers in general had a great offensive game plan here. They got the ball out quickly, you know, having Justin Herbert run around, moving within the offensive line, shifting the pocket, setting up deep shots. They just didn't let the pressure get to him. They had Herbert constantly moving and using his talent. He's a great thrower of the football. He can make throws that a lot of other QBs can't make, and they really played into it this week. And I will say that before not going into the Dolphins defense, but their line played, their D line played pretty well. Like they were getting pressure, but Herbert was just able to avoid it, get the ball out quickly, hit his first read, and you know just take advantage of a take advantage of a defensive scheme that wasn't prepared for it. Um, and I'm going to push uh, back on this analysis <clears throat> real quick, if you don't mind, James. Oh, sure. Go for it. Um, but I, before, before you push back, I still want to give uh, credit to the offensive coordinator of the Chargers, Joe Lombardi, for having a good game because he, uh, he's been under a lot of scrutiny for the entire year. And I think, I think he personally had a good game plan. So I just want to give him some credit. But, yeah, you can push back, George. I mean, here's how I look at this game. I think there's – of. Both teams' offenses and defenses, there was one component of one team that played particularly bad, and that's why that team lost. And you could send your praises to the Chargers' offense. I don't think they played that great. They gave up four sacks. They they were tackled for a loss nine times. They only scored two touchdowns. If you told Mike McDaniel before the game, Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler only scored two touchdowns, Mike McDaniel's going, yeah, we're going to win that game. Um, now, the Chargers' defense, it's a different story. They played great. And when it, I just look at the stat box, and I did watch a good chunk of this game too, it's incredible that the Miami Dolphins didn't win. They played turnover-free football. Miami didn't turn the ball over. They had nine tackles for loss on offense and held the Chargers to 23 points. With Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, two over Raheem Mostert, if they're holding teams to 23 points, they think they're winning that game most of the time. If you're holding that other team to two touchdowns, the Dolphins think they're going to go in and win that game. But just a lack of production on Tua's end. He only completed 10 passes. The running backs, Raheem Mostert averaged 3.4 yards per carry. Just a lot of punts. And it, it wasn't mistake football. It was just inefficient. But I think just an inefficient Miami offense was the – determining factor of this game. I don't think 
Herbert played particularly well. He didn't play bad. I mean, he had a 67 QBR. Like, that's a little above average. Um, but it was the reason the Chargers won and the Dolphins lost is Miami's offense just couldn't get anything going. And credit Derwin James and the Chargers' defense. But oh, Well, Derwin James didn't play if you would actually watch Oh, really? Game, no, Derwin James and Joey Bosa didn't play. I know Joey Bosa has been playing. Um, yeah, Joey Bosa didn't play. Derwin James didn't play. I'm pretty sure one of their starting linebackers, and I think two of uh, one or two of their D tackles were out. That defense, I will give you 100 percent credit with the, the defense. defense. The defensive yeah. performance was incredible. I will give you. I that. mean, the defense, like like I said, the Chargers' defense wasn't doing anything special. No interceptions, no turnovers. But well. I want I want to push back on them not doing anything special because you're you're right. While they didn't maybe have like uh, a, an electric game on defense, they play they had a strategy going into that game and it was very clear. They wanted to get pressure on Tua, and while the sacks didn't really show, the Tua was under pressure for the whole game. There really wasn't many moments where he had, where he had time I mean, to throw. And the got, and the defensive secondary from times. the Chargers what? got sacked twice and hit four times. Let's look at it on the other side. Justin okay. Herbert got hit seven times and sacked four times. Sure, but watching the game, you can see Tua going through his progressions way quickly and jumping around in the pocket, even when there was no pressure. They were getting them. But even if you don't want to agree with me there, that's fine. You can still look at the fact that the Chargers' secondary performance was incredible. They jammed receivers. They jammed receivers at the line constantly. Had incredible had an incredible success rate with interrupting the route timing and making Tua have to and making Tua. Uncomfortable because I mean, in my opinion, the way Tua functions really well as a QB in this league is he's accurate and he knows an offense really well. And once and when he has the timing down, he can look like one of the best QBs in the league. His timing got disrupted. The receivers weren't making plays, and that and he looked really really bad. He went. I think it was. I have it in my notes somewhere here. I mean, uh, ten for twenty eight for one hundred forty five yards. And George, for you to say like seven times, I mean, that's good defense to make another team punt seven times. Yeah, I mean, and I I think like, again, you say like the Chargers like going up 20 by 23 points isn't a good offensive performance. Their line's extremely hurt, first of all. So they're going to give up those negative plays. It's not like they have a healthy offensive line. They're missing their starting left tackle. At this point in the year, no one has a healthy offensive line. Find me the team with a healthy offensive line. Sure, but their their line's been decimated for the whole year and still isn't healthy. So what I'm saying is the fact that they only allowed four sacks and nine negative plays is pretty good considering what they've been doing all year. You see, hear me out. Either way. I was going to say, this just sounds like... I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch this game, but the both things you guys are critiquing about these teams just sounds like, or at least particularly Miami, just sounds like Steelers football. You know, um, we we had a, we, it sounds like the Chargers, you know, they weren't necessarily supposed to win, which is a situation I feel like the Steelers walk into uh, a little bit. Um, you have a, a defensive targeting situation where they're targeting young or necessarily new QBs. I think that's been our, I think that's been Steelers' defensive scheme they've had to go against all year. Targeting and pressuring Kenny Pickett, targeting and pressuring Mitch Trubisky. Because when Mitch was in, he couldn't run away from the ball, and people knew that. And when Kenny's in, they're, they're trying to get, just get to him because if he stays in the pocket or rolls out, it's dangerous for, for Kenny. And so yeah, the, no, the right. thing is, is Kenny gets sacked a lot more than, you know, like the Chargers may have got sacks that night. But the important thing is, is like James is sort of saying, the only tackles for loss and sacks aren't the only way you win defense. You know, if 
you could a lot of the times it's a big that's one way but if you but for example particularly when your game plan is to mess with the young quarterback i you don't necessarily need to sack him to pressure him you need to get some big boys jumping up on the line you need to get that pocket collapsing um you press routes a little earlier you jump coverages you you switch up coverages the stuff that again it's not like oh we're blitzing so we're gonna get a sack it's like oh we know Tua does this, and he's young, and he might make this pattern, so we could play him here. Stuff like that, I feel like. And so, no, yeah. And I think that's the same thing too. Like Steelers were winning a lot of these games where, if you would have told me that our opponents put up fourteen points, I would have been like, "We should have won this. We should have won this game," you know. Uh, but the Steelers weren't even necessarily getting sacks when T. Like the first few weeks, TJ came back. Like we still weren't getting sacks. It's but like. We just get near the quarterback. We're not necessarily touching him. It's just when you well, I mean, when you force stats for that. Like I think the QB got pressured four times in that game. Or hit. Well, yeah, hit. QB hits that's different. QB that's the thing. Like you don't need to that. touch the quarterback. Let me find the QB pressures. But I, I anyway, while you're looking for that, I do. I was getting into like that. I thought the defensive performance was better than the offensive performance because. In reality, like I, I think the game plan that Mike McDaniels had was good at the beginning, but he didn't adjust because I think uh, they had some good runs with Mostert toward the end of the game that they just didn't capitalize on. That they and like they didn't take advantage of a poor Chargers run defense. They tried to throw the ball, which is what they've been doing all year, and it didn't work, and they didn't adjust. And the other thing is that I think, George, I think you're kind of misrepresenting is like you're just, like the Dolphins' offense was abhorrently bad. Like, their two touchdowns came off of a fumble return by Tyree Kill that was a lucky play. A good play by Tyree Kill, but a lucky play. You can't act like that play was planned, but, but it was just Tyree Kill getting a ball randomly and no one being near him because it popped out of the pile. And then Well, they didn't pop touchdown. out. No, that didn't pop out of the pile. It was clearly shown after replay. The, the Chargers lineman just threw it out of the pile. Full-on grabbed yeah. it and threw Come it on. to Tyree Kill. Which is just like I feel like not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to just grab the but, ball, right? But either way, that's a, that's a fluke play. And then on his deep touchdown ball, which I think it was like a 50 yard bomb by Tua, that route was covered, and the D back just fell. Like if you watch that play, the D back is covering it perfectly, and maybe maybe Tyree catches it for like a, a 20, 30 yard gain, which like I would expect him to. Like that's Tyree kill. But the only reason he gets that touchdown is because the DB falls when the ball is being thrown. So to, so Tyree's wide open with no one near. Like, that's a contested ball if if the D-back doesn't fall. So, like, Tyreek Hill had four receptions for 84 yards and two touchdowns. And those two touchdowns were fluky. Like, and no offense, his, like, the majority of his yards were fluky as well. Like, that offense was terrible. Yeah, and that's exactly, what, that's exactly what I was countering. That's exactly what I was saying. No, I, yeah, I just – Miami lost because their offense was terrible, not because Justin Herbert was some hoop superhero you made him out to be. I mean, Justin Herbert, I mean, a QB completing 39 balls out of 51 for three, over 360 yards is oh, I'd, pretty I'd good. Kill, I would kill for a QB performance like that, George. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have multiple QB performances. I have multiple QB performances I'm bringing up later in the show that are better than that one. But oh, there probably are. I don't think, get me I think wrong. We've gone, I think we've gone in our circles around this yeah. game. Yeah, we, we should I be. I think we've completed this one. Yeah. But, I do want to give credit though to Brandon Staley and Ronaldo Hill, the defensive coordinator for really the Chargers, sucks. for having a for having a great game plan for this game. Brandon I want to Staley give them one of the worst coaches in the NFL. Oh my god! But, he, but uh, oh, 
you you can have that opinion, but he had a great game plan for the game, and I think it's he's earned credit for playing yeah, let's, for let's just, a game that everyone thought they'd lose. Let's give it to the Chargers. They got a dub that some of us didn't necessarily think they were going to get. You know, they pulled it out. Are, are their their playoff hopes are still alive, right? Um, Absolutely, and that's yeah. my point. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. they, if they want to keep it alive, they got to keep winning games like that, especially against big opponents like Miami. So, I think we could kick it down to Georgie, down with the Forty Niners and Buccaneers. I think this one might be a little less controversial. Yeah, I agree. Because Tom Brady <laughs> got routed by Brock Purdy, my significant special surprise star player of the week last week. Brock Purdy was a 134 QB rating. May I say that's way higher than what Justin Herbert's was. Two touchdowns and no interceptions. That's passer rating. QBR only goes up to 100. Passer rating. You know what I meant. (laughs) Okay. I didn't. You said QBR. George George and James are angry this show. (laughs) James didn't know what I meant, but was able to properly correct me. Yes, you knew what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) Brock Kirby with a 134 passer rating, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a 35 to seven route of the goat Tom Brady, and we just have to say the 49ers defense is insane on the field, and maybe as insane off the field because if you saw the two the two players that intercepted Tom Brady, had him go and sign the balls after the game, that is ballsy and. Great sport by Tom Brady. I thought was, Tom Brady was just going to, like, choke slam them like The Undertaker. <laughs> Tom Brady was happy the whole time. He was super nice. Like, they, they were very nice about it. They were like, Tom, you're the GOAT. We've been watching you since we were two years old. We just want to know if you could sign these balls. I do think there's a chance Tom Brady didn't realize those were the interception balls. Because they just said, hey, can you sign these footballs for us? <laughs> yeah. But they might still – still – Incredible move by the linebackers for the 49ers. And um, that defense is something else. They have Defensive Player of the Year. I would say front runner at this point, Nick Bosa. Um, and Fred Warner is a top two inside linebacker in the league. The secondary has been playing well with Ward. Um, that, that 49ers team is going to be scary in the playoffs for anyone to play. And Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. Just takes the reins, and Brock Purdy played so good that they benched him in the fourth quarter, like that you do in Pee Wee and high school football <laughs> games when your quarterback's winning. We're in the NFL against a team that is in the playoffs. Against right Tom Brady. Against Tom Brady. <laughs> and Brock Purdy got to sit down because they were winning by that much. I mean, incredible performance. No, I mean. If he I wasn't mean, my it, surprise of the week last week, he would have been this week. No, hats off to Brock Purdy. He played a good. He played a great game. I'm not going to take that away from. Um, also, just for reference, Herbert's passer rating was also over 100. But um, but yeah, we don't was, need to get in that debate again. It wasn't as bad um, as Brock Purdy's. That's that's fine. But no, I agree it with you, George. Worse, actually, it, it, it's fine. But I was just pointing out that Herbert had a good game. But anyway, going back into your game, the 49ers are just a legit team. They're they're an extremely good team, both offensively and defensively. Now. Brock Purdy's done well for two weeks. I feel like he's going to come back to earth eventually. But, you know, let him ride let, ride the hot hand while you can. I just think this is a referendum on how good of an offensive coach Kyle Shanahan is. 
similar to how kind of like McVay really helped Mayfield show out with only two days of practice. Like Kyle Shanahan's an offensive genius. The dude has run some of the best offenses I've ever seen. And I, and he has set up a system where Brock Purdy just needs to, doesn't really need to do much. He's made, he made some good throws yesterday. Don't get me wrong. I watched part of the game. He made a few really good throws, but a lot of it was just hitting the open guy and making just, just, and just hitting the open guy, just hitting the yeah. right pass. I mean, like, it Kyle, wasn't Shanahan has, yeah, Kyle Shanahan has the most quarterback friendly offense probably out there. I mean, he's doing the same things Jimmy Garoppolo was doing out there. It's nothing special at all. Dink him, you dime him. You hit a big play to Debo or IU, can you go back to Dinkin and diming him? I will say his yeah. one touchdown pass to McCaffrey in the corner of the end zone was a great pass. No, yeah, like I said, he had a few good passes. I'm not going to take it away from him, but I'm saying the majority of that game was him just hitting the first read or hitting the second read because, like you said, George, Kyle Shanahan's offense is so QB-friendly. And let's also give credit to their GM, John Lynch, for just building an insanely stacked roster. I mean, they have Pro Bowl-level players to all pro-level players at almost every single position. Like, QB is their worst position. And it's like – and it doesn't matter. For them, it doesn't matter because they just have such a good system. It's, it's insane. Yeah, so 49ers are going to be scary. Snyder, two weeks ago, was right. The Buccaneers are frauds. Yeah, I, 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 I'm telling you, like, I, even after the comeback, I was just like, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't, (laughs) Tom, like, like Tom Brady is either going to like force them to win or he is going to be too far out. But I, you know, I was talking about this a little bit of the show. I think we bring it up here. I think the league is done with Tom Brady. I think, I don't think, I don't think that's right. I think the players Oh, sure, but that's what I, I guess that's what I mean. I maybe not the GMs. The GM, I, I, I as a GM would love to play Tom Brady right now. Um. Yeah, I think Todd Bowles is just a bad coach. I just think Todd Bowles isn't a good. But coach. I, mean, I think you have to ask yourself: Does Tampa Bay have a better option than Tom Brady? I don't think Tom Brady's playing that. Who's bad. their backup right now? Probably uh, like um. For I don't who's, think it's still Glennon. It's um. It, it was that Florida QB they drafted. Florida kid, oh. but I think he um. I think he's. Oh, was it was it trash? Was it trash? Trash. Yeah. Trash. Honestly, I really liked watching trash. I I had a roommate who was a Florida football fan in college, so I watched a lot more Florida football. I feel like than the average person would. But Kyle Trask, mate, he reminds me a lot of Big Ben. You know, just the the inaccurate big boy thrower. You know, that can heave it down the field when he needs to. Just he's like, ah, it's all done. I thought Trask was oddly oddly mobile. Yeah, just (laughs) odd. No, no, that's the like he's big. He doesn't look like he should run, but he can. And like, (laughs) no, fair enough. I mean, I just I mean, he was a Heisman finalist. He was on the stage in New York. He had a good season. He he was good. No, and that's my. I think he was solid. And that's my thing. He has been following Brady for a little bit, like. If, that's probably their plan. No, but that's my point. If 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 your plan is to teach Trask, I what more can th- this Brady teach him? Well, it's like I just think for the Buccaneers. First of all, I've said this all. I've said this for the last two episodes of this podcast. I think Todd Bowles is just a bad head coach. I think it's really showing because he has a pretty good roster, not a great roster, but a pretty good roster, and they really aren't succeeding. They're doing you know. Average. Like to be average. fair, they're though, basically just a 500 team. Yeah. I think a big. I mean, they thing, have injuries, but I think uh, a big thing though should be better. Is there? There's also this whole Tom Brady media presence that I think just like, you know, I feel like late in the season, usually people would be trying to gather with Tom Brady if he was somewhat gonna maybe go to the play. Like, this is where Antonio Brown, you know, came to Tampa. This is where 
they start getting free agents. This is where the part of the season where Tom Brady's like recruiting his infinity gauntlet stowed. He's like, Gronk, come on, out of retirement. Come on, we're going to throw some more playoff passes. Like, And they they just feel gutted. They, like it, uh, we were Usually this is the time of the year that Tom Brady's picking things up. Um, we see like things slowing down. And, you know, I think, what level do y'all think like the negative media presence has just like in bringing people in? in affecting Tom. I mean, obviously it's affecting Tom, but I mean, I'd have to think it's a distraction in the locker room. I think it gets particularly awkward. If the point in his career that Tom Brady's at versus the rest of the guys in that locker room, I mean, Tom Brady could legitimately be their father. There are 21 (laughs) year olds in that locker room. And that dude is in his forties. Um, I think that, (coughs) makes it hard to get that locker room, that brotherhood, that energy together. I also think there's a solid chance that Tom Brady, like I know Tom Brady like doesn't practice a couple days a week just because he doesn't need to and it's hard on his body. Um, I have to think that affects chemistry somehow. So I think, I still think Tom Brady is one of the 32 best quarterbacks on planet Earth right now, which means he should be starting for a team. But, but, but this is sort of I this want will, starting for my team. You know, no, this is a, so. This is going to be a question that I'm going to use when I lead on to my next section. So we could use it as a tie in here. But my question is, and I think you might be able to see where it leans in. Um, how many reps will a guy like Kyle Trask throughout the year get in practice with those receiver, the first receivers? A lot. A lot, especially in that situation where Tom, their actual days of the week where Tom, Tom Brady isn't showing up. You're right. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. No, I'd say normally well, it'd be like if it were if so Brady if there practicing every week, if there was someone practicing like every week in the field with him. So like I obviously I'm talking about the Steelers. If Kenny Pickett were ahead of you the whole week, like how how much is Mitch getting? Mitch it's usually like reps. It's, it's usually like Kenny reps. Um, I mean speaking from actual football. Experience, that's what I was sort of yeah. Um. You always have I mean receivers kind of rotate like all the time. I mean you'll have six dudes who'll be out there could be out there at any formation or set with any quarterback or line. So the receivers kinda of do their own thing. Um and with quarterback and same kind of same thing with running backs, especially if you're a by committee team, it really doesn't matter if the ones or twos are out there, you're kinda of just rotating your running backs. Um that's probably different with like a Derrick Henry, but outside of that most teams are kinda of just probably rotating their running backs. With offensive linemen and quarterbacks, your ones get a set of reps, and then a backup quarterback and usually like one guard and one tackle will plug in, mm-hmm. and they'll get one reps with like your best receivers, your best running backs, other starting linemen. Yeah. So backup quarterbacks, I mean, really everyone, but backup quarterbacks especially will get reps with the ones. I would think especially in a Steelers situation where Mitch was getting the one reps earlier in the year. So, it's not a situation where, like, we all know unless Tom Brady dies, Kyle Trask isn't going in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. The Steelers are a situation where Kenny goes out there, throws three picks, is all rattled. You could throw Mitch in. I don't think – see, like, I, I – I don't think that's where we are at the state of the season. I think that's core to my question, though, so I think that I can use that information to sort of lead us into our favorite team discussion. Do we have anything more on the Buccaneers, 49ers? Go, Brock Purdy, go. Take them all the way, Brock. Can they still go all the way? Are they are they that far out? 
the, I don't. I have no the, idea the what the Niners', Niners record is looking at. Niners are going to win their division. That's what I'm saying. I thought they were. I thought they were hot. Brock Purdy is hot. We don't even need Garoppolo. We don't need. We don't need anyone back. We I don't mean, need that them. team legitimately. <laughs> uh, they they legitimately could go to the Super Bowl. No, I mean, man. they're just that good of a team. I think I that'd mean, be like, that's going to be particularly fun for us Youngstown boys. I think that's gonna if that happens. I think we can have a little fun with that. Like I just truly believe the 49ers can be any team in the NFC. I just think they're that they have that good of a roster that like that good of a system that it just doesn't matter. All right. But let's move to our favorite teams. I'll start us off with a little bit less of an explosive game in the Steelers Ravens. Much like I talked about a little bit at the head of the podcast, um I was disappointed that the Ravens won, but I you know, I I felt it, you know. I wasn't particularly confident in us this week. The Steelers don't win games we're supposed to. And I think just looking at the game, there's not much need to talk about. Kenny Pickett goes down early with a uh, concussion. Uh, I hope I haven't got an update on that yet, but we're hoping that things look okay. He didn't look that bad. In fact, like apparent, like he came in, he got the hit that like brought him to the ground, and then he played another drive. And when he came back to the sideline, he had symptoms, and they just sent him back. They're like, "All right, we're, we'll go check him out." So like. He was still in football form, which is a little, honestly, a little scarier. You know, that's what sort of what they were talking about. Maybe might have happened with Tua, you know, or he might have got one head injury and then you know he was playing for a little bit because he still was able to. But um, so it's definitely something we want to look at. I don't mind Mitch coming in, and and this you guys are real negative about Mitch coming in at the top of this thing. And yes, those those interceptions look really bad, but like. When I look at Mitch's numbers, part of me is like, I, if, I, if, if we look away from that interception column, this feels like what we need. You know? If we could just erase those three plays. You mean the most important column for a quarterback? Sure. But Mitch getting almost 300 yards in 22 completions, that sounds like Ben. That, that, you know, we've been having so many games this year where we've been complaining. We're not throwing the ball down the field. Um, we're not doing anything. And, and that's finally something I can't complain about because we're throwing too many deep balls down the field now. We're just, we're just, we're just lobbing it down the middle. We're just like, ah, boots down there somewhere. Triple coverage. Like, it's. Yeah, it, I mean, I will say to that, I, I agree with George that, like, you can't throw three interceptions oh, in a game and be like, can't. oh, you had a good game. Sure. However,. Yeah. I do think what I've at least noticed from having, um, you know, Deontay Johnson on my fantasy team all year is that whenever Trubisky plays, the dude has a good game and gets involved. And specifically in this game, like you said, Trubisky had like, I think it was 22 or 30 for like almost 300 yards. Yeah. Right? I mean, the yard, the yard numbers and the completion totals were good. It's just, just the interceptions. He had, he just had some bad interceptions. He had two but, plays I mean, where he didn't see the guy coming under and he had one really overthrown deep ball which is like kenny overthrows three a game like if we're gonna start complaining about mitch for doing that once and it, yeah, it neither just, one of them are good well well that's that's yeah. my that's my thing it's like it given the situation i don't think mitch's performance was radically any worse than it would have been potentially if kenny was in if like anything let's look at the way the offense was performing when kenny was in like kenny didn't complete a pass and like we weren't moving the ball like, it wasn't until Mitch came in that we actually started getting into the red zone. The issue is we had two red zone interceptions. Like, it's just, like, we got down the field, we just threw the ball away. And, you know, he's a little, he hasn't played in a hot minute. 
and you expect him to get a little rusty. And when he came in in that third quarter, he looked significantly better. We kept pressing down the field. We got the touchdown. We were in this game. And heck, if you look at it, we had a blocked field goal. If that field goal doesn't get blocked, the Steelers win. That's 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 my point. Is there? Were, it was Mitch definitely didn't contribute to our winning so much that it's like, <coughs> oh, he carried us. But it's like he did enough to win the game. Like I, I'm gonna be honest. Like looking yeah, at that play again, I'm fairly certain the Ravens dude broke that rule where you're just allowed. You're not allowed to jump on the lineman to block a field goal, right? You're not allowed to, not allowed to jump over the snapper. long snapper. But like he was literally like laying on the long snapper. Like it wasn't you're his whole body. You're, not allowed, you're actually allowed to jump over him. You're not allowed to touch him. He he was like he was using him as like a pedestal to like. You can't do that. Then that's that's my point. It's just like I I watched that and I was like, if I mean I could be wrong, but my point is I'm not trying to make excuses like that. Again, I thought we were going to lose this game, so the fact that we even had a chance to win it was cool. Um, especially with, you know, the thing is, is like I, what I've realized about the Ravens is you. I think you could put any quarterback that that just has legs there, and like it'll work in their offense. Like, I mean, yeah, this is why you guys lost. It's this is very simply why you guys lost. You guys both started backup quarterbacks. But you know what happens when what needs to work well when you have a backup quarterback in? You need to be able to run the ball. Ravens ran the ball for 215 yards, averaging five yards a carry, and no, you that, guys ran it. I haven't even got five yards, averaging three yards. No, I know. Uh, trust me, I haven't got to get, talk about our how. T- I don't understand how we have Cam Hayward, Devin Bush, T.J. Watt, Alex Heisman. Devin Bush, Devin, I disagree. Devin Bush is bad at football. I disagree. He makes Devin impact. He makes football. impact plays every game. I like Devin Bush. I think he he makes, I don't think he's you like hear his down. name at good. least once every game for a big play, and that's 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 what that's what you hire people to do. Look at Von Miller going to the Bills, where they literally said, "We are hiring you to come in and make plays in clutch time." That's what Devin does. He's not the best oh, no, consistently. Man, he's not the best consistently, and he's nowhere near as good as Von Miller. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like. He's gritty. He has that attitude. He listens to Mike Tomlin. If it, the, in the Mike Tomlin system, he's the exact kind of player you want. Is, yeah, I mean, there's I no mean, real excuse for you guys giving up 200 yards on the ground. No, I, mean, that, that, it, I don't it, know. I, I don't, watching I don't know it made me so defense. angry because, like, yeah, I don't know the Steelers defense as well as you, but like, I mean, from my understanding of like, you know, defensive linemen, like, obviously, run run stopping is much different than like than uh, than pass rushing. And I know your team is very good at pass rushing. And I know TJ Watt and Cam Hayward are both good players, but it could just be a combination of them having not being as good in the run game and having an off game while the Ravens have one of the best run schemes no, in the, the league. See, the issue is our run defense was – no, our run defense was good. We were the sixth best run defense in the league. Remember oh, what I was talking about, the Falcons game? We were the sixth best going into the Falcons game, and the Falcons were the second best, and we held them to under 100 yards. Our run defense usually isn't the problem. It's our, our – we have really bad secondary – or not secondary. We have bad corners. <laughs> and, um, Evan Bush, just I'm, I'm not a PFF praiser. I don't know exactly how they come up with their grades and rankings. Devin Bush is the 50th ranked linebacker on PFF. I'm not and saying he's George, like the I'm not, best. George, uh, George, George, have have you looked at the Steelers' PFF season? After last week, you literally just have you said, oh, looked at the Have you looked at the Steelers' season? I, I'm I not saying he's like the highest performer. Some sort of a little bit of accuracy. What does PFF say TJ Watt is right now? What is 
I gotta go look up edge rushers. Well, well, that might be rough just because T.J. Watt's been out. But that's that's my point. It's 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 if if T.J. Watt's out, look at the Steelers' defense. Remember that stat: the Steelers haven't won a game that T.J. Watt has gone out or started out in. They did. They did get one. Oh, we might have got one over our street. You got one one. No, but I mean, like, I didn't really get to watch a lot of this game. All I know is, I mean, I mean. Can you take it look like a rookie? No, this is just a, the point is this is just a bad season. TJ Watt at number one. My, oh, okay. I was, <laughs> so they do take injuries into account. Okay, okay, it's it's probably like by game performance. It's like for every snap you play, you have to you know it's. I price snap count. Yeah, and so like that's besides the point. My my point is is when. I, I know I'm high on the Steelers. If you talk about how I was talking before the season, I said we could still pull out a winning one. But I was talking to my dad about it yesterday. You know, my, my professional Steelers analysis, extraordinaire. Um, but he said it the same way I said. You know, for the most of the Steelers fans, they were projecting like four wins this year. So the fact that we're at five and eight and we still have a chance to be in the playoffs somehow, like it's 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 better than we were supposed to be. At this point in the no, season. No, sure. But uh, kind of going back to your earlier like question of, like, you know, Kenny Pickett, you know, does he make the offense better or should he be benched? I mean, maybe in, like, the long run he doesn't make the offense better or he just does different things with the offense than Mitch Trubisky does. But Hear me the out. issue you have is you guys use the first-round pick on him. He's gotten a lot of reps. I think he, unless he's hurt. Obviously, if he's hurt, you don't play him. But, like, you just got to stay the course at this point. You have to see what you have. And then in the offseason, you kind of make the evaluation of, okay – you know, we have, like, you know, three or four games of Mitch, and we have the rest of Kenny. You know, how different does the offense look? Is it worth investing in Kenny for another year, or do we draft another guy? Because I think that's, like, very important. And I think Kenny Pickett's done enough this year to warrant getting a second year. But, um, you know, I I don't think you bench him for the rest of the year for Mitch just to just to get a winning I'm gonna season. I'm going to be honest. Maybe, I... maybe you do get a winning season if Mitch plays, but I think the long term is better if you just like Hear Kenny. Hear me play. out. I'm gonna be. I watched a different game this week, where I was pleasantly surprised by a new system that I've quite never seen since like college. I was watching what was going on down with that Dallas Texans game. They're using a new little funky offense down there where they have two quarterbacks for different things. You know, for your your plays where you're gonna be running and rolling out, they've got their normal field general, but they've got another one that comes in for specialty stuff. Why can't we do that with big boy Mitch? Because it appears that while Mitch may throw the ball, you know, a little low, if we told Mitch to just be our deep guy, you know, and we told Kenny to focus on the short and mid, could we do that? Like, I get it would be telegraphed. Here's here, yeah. Here's the mind of me as a defensive coordinator. Oh, hey guys, Mitch is in the game. They're throwing the ball. But my point is, yeah, it, but, like, no. But hear me out. Yeah, if you do, if that's how you play D. Tell them to run inside slants and take the, the five yards every time. And now you have your worst quarterback throwing the inside slant. Yeah, but you're covered deep. It should be an easy ball. It should be is the relative. Well, that, sure, but that's my point. Is like Theoretically, if you're going to – if you telegraph it like that and then the defense telegraphs in response, like you should – I get it's like probably more complex no, than that. that. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example, right? Like – Back when Jay Gruden was the Washington coach, their tight end core was very injured. And so they had basically only three healthy tight ends that could basically only do one thing. So every time a three tight end group came on the field, 
they knew exact the, the opposing defense knew it was going to be like one of like three plays, and so they knew how to so they knew exactly what was coming every time. Like if you give them if you give like well, my point is too both of them can hand the ball really off. Unexpected. If our run game improved, if Najee like was actually playing at his top performance. And both quarterbacks can also, and we had a good run game, you know. I think that's where the, the diversity would come. The the other issue that I see with it too is like the Texans did it because no one was expecting it, and it worked because no one was expecting it. Yeah, like eventually they'll expect it, but I mean the Texans sucked in the second half, if I remember right. The reason they were yeah. so good in the first half is a quarterback came out, <laughs> third quarterback, not the two that have been playing all year. Well, no, but that's my point. They're just being funky with it. They're just just playing people. Here's your problem. They brought out a guy that the Cowboys might have not realized was on the roster because he was the Texans' third-string quarterback. Now, hear me out. Who does that sound like? What team does that sound like, turning somebody that nobody even, like, drafted or thought about into a stud? Who does that sound like? I'm saying this. If you tried implementing this game plan with Mitch and their teams are going to be prepared. I also think I also think George I know, like to like kind of add on to your point that like I think like just observing it right like it helps when a QB gets into a rhythm during the game like it helps them completely pass it helps them run the offense you kind of kill that when you just keep bringing yeah in well QB. James our QBs aren't getting into a rhythm during the game <laughs> well that's more of your I, I blame your offensive coordinator for that no I know I know I know it's it, this, this okay we we can move on from the Steelers you know, yeah, overall I think, I think you know, we got. Not a great performance. George Browns uh, was all to talk about now. We're not talking about this long. The Browns (laughs) lose to the Bengals 23-10. I got my legal pad up here. Um, (laughs) Off hopes are about lost, but not mathematically eliminated. But the worst part about me is I'm I'm so delusional. I'm sitting here like, oh, we could – there's a chance. I'm the same. I'm the Steelers still. I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing the same thing, George. Um, We're not dead yet. Sean Watson looked better. Threw for a lot of yards. Threw for a lot of yards. Um, wasn't he wasn't throwing the ball into the dirt? We scored ten points. So how good did he really look? Um, and it really comes down: if you can't run the ball, you can't win the game. I think Nick Chubb had like thirty yards. If Nick Chubb has thirty yards, you will lose the game. Kevin Stefanski has to get that through his thick head. If Nick Chubb doesn't have near a hundred yards or over a hundred yards. There's a 92% chance you're not winning that game. That is how the Browns win football games. And I have to say, the Browns' defense looked impressive. Even with We have we now have had four season-ending injuries to our linebackers, our starting linebackers. Anthony Walker, Sione Takitaki, JOK, and um, I'm, even for, I'm even forgetting one. But we've had four season-ending injuries to our starting linebackers. Our defense... Again, shut Joe Burrow down for the overwhelming majority of that game. I think they piled on a couple late, but like in the first half, Joe Burrow couldn't touch anyone or anything. But if you can't run the ball with Nick Chubb, you're going to lose the game if you're the Cleveland Browns. And it's as simple as that, and that's why they lost the game. You know, yeah, I mean, I think I think the issue though, George, is like when you're like, oh, they need to, you know, they need to run the ball more. And I agree with you. Like, I agree. Like, the way you guys win is with Nick Chubb doing really well. Right. Like, I completely agree. There's like some stat of like our record with Nick Chubb over 100 yards versus under 100 yards, and it's like staggering. The, but there there is an issue when you're down 13 to three at the end of the second quarter, and like, and then I think the Bengals score right after that too. But 
No, no, they didn't. But, but I, either way, I just think when you're down in the game, like, I think Stefanski gets too into, like, I, I do agree with you that I think Stefanski gets too into, like, okay, we need to score to get back into this instead of, like, okay, let's let Nick Chubb get going. We'll score. We'll, you know, we have the ability to do this. I just don't think he trusts the defense. If you're down, if you're down 10 points at half, I know what I'm doing from the Browns. On my first, I don't think we started with the ball, but I think we got a quick stop on them and had the ball early in the third quarter. I'm down 10 points early in the third quarter. I'm handing the ball to Nick Chubb three times, and if we have to punt, that's fine. But when we get that first down, that's how your offense gets going. We've thrown, since Deshaun Watson's been back, he's been throwing a lot more on first down, and it has not worked. We have one offensive touchdown in two games. Against yeah. defenses that are, I mean, against the Texans defense, which isn't good. We had none, no offensive touchdowns. And we had one against the Bengals that we had like four against on Halloween, less than two months ago. Yeah, but I think I think divisional games are different, and also I just think the Bengals defense isn't like I think they played bad against you guys that game. Like I think they like played more. Yeah, to no, their they, they definitely in played bad, and the Bengals do have a good defense. Um, and I'm I'm also not the biggest Colin Coward fan, but one of the things. I think he says and harps on that is true that the Bengals have the most underrated defense in the league, and it's because they don't have they don't have an Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt on their defense. Like I can name a lot of players on the Bengals defense because I'm a big football fan, but like the average football viewer, you're like, oh, who's on the Bengals defense? They would go, uh, I don't know. I feel like no, yeah, I know is really good. I don't know. It's my my thing here is you know, you know I I I can't necessarily give you an unbiased take here because the only pain for a Steelers loss is the medicine that is a Browns loss and, you know I I watched this game and you know I think this sets up I was a little happy this happened because I think this sets up an interesting scenario for us George. We both have to win out to go to the playoffs now, right? Not going to the playoffs. Well, we both have to win out to theoretically do that, right? Yeah, I would imagine. What is our last week matchup? It's us. It's us. It's Steelers. Tell me the NFL. That wouldn't be great for viewers. It would be beautiful. Like, this, like somehow these two terrible teams have fought to be 8-8, eight and eight, and they're both playing. The rivals are playing each other week 17. I would... I would... I would go. I would, that's what I'm saying. Well, I don't think I'd be able to get a ticket. Like, it would be the most expensive game of the year for either team, I feel like. Where, where's yeah, that one yeah, at? Probably. Where's the second game at? Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. That's going to be insane. You know, I All do right. think it's funny, though, how if you that happens, we're going more about your teams trying to make the playoffs than I have my team that's currently in the playoffs. I just, that's kind of funny. Listen, but, games, um, it's the winning also, mentality. Um, you got to have the winning mentality. you got to have big right, aspirations right. and goals. <laughs> no, but I do I do want to shout out the Browns, uh, DPJ, though. He's been having a great year. He's really showing out. Had a great game this week, too. Uh, he, he's he's been he's been quietly a, like a rising star for the Browns that I've kind of noticed, and I just wanted to Dropped, give him a little shout out because he's been great. Dropped a touchdown on fourth and goal that hit him in the chest plate to make it a one possession game in the fourth quarter. All right, so he still had a good year. He still yeah, had, had a good game. year, but 
He still had a good game. Like it's, he went, dropped he touchdown. To yeah, school, like, he went to the school up north and he dropped. My touchdown. question, my question is though, is like at what point? At what point does Deshaun coming in affect you? Because like for example, I saw it like when the first pass that Mitch Trubisky came in, he threw a ball like straight to a wide open Zach Gentry, and he just dropped it because I think he put too much zing on it or like more. That's than exactly Kenny. what they've been saying. They said the receivers need to adjust to. And that's what I'm one. That's what I'm wondering is that Deshaun zips harder. it a little more than I feel like Deshaun has a little bit more. Of range in a cannon than Jacoby might. I think it's not a little. I think it's a. I think it's significantly more. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's definitely more. Oh, it's a hundred percent. And so that's my question: is is how much time? How much time do you think these receivers need? I guess to adjust. Oh, to hopefully, that? hopefully one off season. All right. Want to get into your game because we're going slow today. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not really a game, yeah. it's, it's uh, like, bi-week recap. Yeah, you guys are bye. Yeah, I mean, the, a decent amount happened just with injuries, so I'll just give kind of like a, an injury um, update for the for Washington and then kind of just go into a quick uh, little thing. But um, our, our, our originally he was our backup center, but he's been our starting center since, like, week four. Uh, Tyler Larson was placed on IR and is out for the year with a torn meniscus, and he also just could have a ton of other issues in his knee. He might have torn his patella or some other – so his knee's effed up. His knee's very effed up. So either Wes Schweitzer or Nick Martin will be the starting center going forward. I'd assume like it'd be Nick Wes Martin. Schweitzer. What? Like Nick Martin. Nick Martin is not good. He is not a good player. Really good. <laughs> his brother is very good. I wish he was close to as good as his brother. I've seen that man play. He is not good. But uh, I think it'll be Wes Schweitzer, but it's either Wes or Nick Martin. Uh, I'm not sure if this was mentioned last week, but Cole Holcomb is also out for the year with a foot fracture. Uh, they thought it was a sprain earlier in the year, but they uh, found out it was a fracture. So now he's out for the year. Um, Jamin Davis had thumb surgery during the bye week to fix to fix a nagging issue, I think, with a ligament in his thumb. They're not worried about it, though. They think he'll still be able to play next week. They got it done during the bye week because they had the extra week. Um, defensive ends Montez Sweat and James Smith-Williams are both in concussion protocol look now, but it's looking or good for them to get out of it like there shouldn't be any worry on that and uh trey turner's also uh, their right guard is also expected to come back this week he was dealing with an ankle injury that sidelined him for the last giants game st juice is uh, benjamin st juice the washington starting corners also looking to come back from an ankle sprain that sidelined him for three weeks he's a little bit more up in the air but he should be back and then the right tackle sam cosme went out of the game last week with another ankle injury and he's supposed to be back. They're not sure if he'll play or not, but it's looking better for him. And then the last injury would be uh, Carson Wentz is officially acted, uh, activated off of IR now. So he will be backing up Taylor Heineke. Rara announced in a press conference that for the Giants game, Wentz will not be starting. He will be, he will be backing up Heineke. And uh, Howe will be the third-string guy again. And um, I guess the only, the only other two things is, just a prediction for me. I just expect Chase to um, play this week. I think he'll get ten to twenty snaps. Chase Young specifically to play this week. Um, they, I think they need him, but um, don't don't count on him playing because it's just so up in the air at this point. I have really have no clue what's going on there. And then uh, I also just want to give like a hand to Washington for actually for the first time in so long winning a bye week. They did not play a game and then somehow moved up to the sixth seed. So you know. We are in firm in the playoff race with an actual legitimate shot to make the playoffs, unlike two other teams, two other favorite teams of people in this group. Um, so yeah, Washington had a 
the, for the first time in a while, I feel like Washington had a very good bye week. Listen here. You're just lucky you had a bye week that you couldn't lose during. You got another tough matchup coming up, so I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You can't be disrespecting our playoff chances like that. We're, we're just as likely to get in it as you. 50-50 chance. We're either in or we're out. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're not either in close. or we're out. We either do what we need to do to get into the playoffs or we don't. Fair enough. Fair enough. I was, Mike Tomlin was rejecting interviews the whole week, and he, then we did that because he was like, "It's Ravens week. We got to put some work in," and you know. And now after this bye week for y'all, I hope you put the work in because you're gonna need to put the work in, James, this upcoming week. Well, we'll get into that later in my yeah. in my game prediction. Oh, of but, course. Uh, but we got a little. Anything else to say before we move on to the neighborhood watch team? I don't think no, I don't but I am. Excited. I'm going to say about our neighborhood watch a, team's performance. Can we give it a little bit of a <laughs> Duval for the boys smacking the Titans? Yeah. Oh boy. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. I got the stats here. Guys. The Golden Lock God performing out of his mind. He was playing some backyard football. 368 yards. Three touchdowns and no interceptions in a 36 to 22 in division win. Don't forget his rushing touchdown. Wait, a rushing one too? I missed that. Yeah, he did. He did. He, that was <laughs> his first <laughs> touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> Passer rating was also higher than Justin Herbert's. Um. All right, listen. Okay, this is a little bit of a different. I don't think anyone was going to say otherwise there. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Bald. Zay Jones. Bald. Evan, Evan Ingram. Ingram. Evan Ingram had 40 fantasy points. Where did that come from? I didn't know that man could play football. <laughs> I don't think he can. I think this was an anomaly. <laughs> Evan Ingram single-handedly put one of my buddies into the playoffs in a league that me and James Yeah, he, yeah he did. He beat me with Evan Ingram. Oh, yeah. He beat James. I forgot. <laughs> I mean, James is still in the playoffs anyways. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing him again this week. Oh, you are? You're playing him in the playoffs Yeah, I'm now? playing him again, yeah. But actually, my my team was See, on by, so it'll be it'll be different this, this time. Could, this could, this let me note this in the breaking news. This is actually what we're going to be what we talk about. I have something we need to talk about in the breaking news department oh, about fantasy oh football. Oh God! But, All right, whatever. But um, yeah. Now, what's awesome, and I think James is the one who told me this, so he'll have to back the validity. Jacksonville wins two of the next three. Tennessee only wins one of the next three. Jacksonville, Tennessee, Week 18 is for the division and the home field playoff, and they're neither one of them is getting a wild card, so it's for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, no, George is 100 percent right. We were talking yesterday, and so I looked this up because I felt like them Jacksonville beating the Titans was huge, and it is because based upon their in division records and their remaining schedule, this is assuming Jackson Jacksonville has to be Houston for this to be true. But if Jacksonville beats Houston and one other team. And the Titans lose two of the next three, and they still beat. And they still beat. I think uh, they might have to lose to Houston, but I think I think even if they beat Houston, it doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure if the Titans just lose two of their next three, and Jacksonville wins two of the next three, they will be playing for the division. I'll double check on the Houston thing right now, but I'm pretty sure that doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure if both teams win it, it'll just be about the same. But let me double check that real quick. All in all, though stellar game you know i the titans are a scary team you know people like to joke that Tannehill's old but like king henry and that offense 
should be scarier than twenty. I, I need to see what Henry did real quick. Because yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but but while George is doing that, it doesn't matter. Even if and, both teams... yeah, Henry Henry ran great. Henry ran seventeen carries for one hundred twenty-one yards, averaging seven yards a carry. Oh, Henry <laughs> had a great game. The Titans just were bad. The Titans were just terrible. <laughs> I mean, the, the Titans' defense was terrible because Trevor Lawrence, dude. Oh my, dude. Evan Ingram's stat line: eleven catches for one hundred and sixty-two yards and two touchdowns. 14.7 yards a catch. I, I just don't believe that'll happen again. Oh, no. I mean, no. I don't believe that'll happen again, but... If it does, if it does, I think we, like, we found... I think we picked the, the diamond in the 12 rough. 12 targets for Zay Jones for eight catches, 77, and a touchdown. That's a great Zay play. Jones is big. Well, I said it on the... Week, week, episode oh, one, I said to pick him up in fantasy. I said the, 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 oh. he's accelerating. No, yeah, no, but, but uh, Evan Ingram back had when he was in three fumble recoveries in that game and a pick. Oh yeah, yeah, their defense played really well, like for the first time, like all year. They did, they did really good. But no, Evan Ingram, like when he was in New York, was like supposed to be like you know the next like Darren Waller, Kelsey. Like they, he was getting all like the athletic comparisons because he was like it was like a monster athlete, but he just could not catch the ball. Like. He had, he had a dropping issue. Was not catching the ball. <laughs> yeah, he just couldn't catch it. Like, he would be open on almost every play, but he just could not bring the ball down. So, I mean, hey, maybe if he's finally figured it out, he could be a real asset for him. I don't believe he has. I think it's more of a fluke than, a, you know, a, oh, Evan Ingram's the next, like, tight end one. But he's he played a great game. I, I can't say anything. But, um, but going back to the playoff thing real quick, Yes, uh, Jacksonville does have to beat Houston. Like Jacksonville can't lose to Houston, but even if Tennessee beats Houston, as long as they both beat Houston, it doesn't matter. So, as long as one of their one of Jacksonville's wins is against Houston, they just need to win two of their next three. And if the Titans win two or lose two of their next three, they'll be playing at the end of the year for the for the Dude, division, which could be sweet. The game of the week, right there. Oh yeah. Um. um Get, you get, you getting ready to move on to the next portion? I was going to say, I think we're all good here with last week. We I think spent a we could, lot of time on bulk portion. Yeah, no, but we've got stuff to move on to. We've got some breaking news. But sort of like I mentioned there, I think we're going to start this off with just a little bit of fantasy talk. It sounds like we all play fantasy, at least. It sounds like you two are in a league together. And so me and George noted an interesting difference between our fantasy leagues, I believe. Mm-hmm. That you guys said you're in playoffs now, right? Nighter, the league we're in together is the only league that I'm not in playoffs in. The well, that's sort of what I wanted to know. I, when I had our setup, I was told that this was like the new standard. So, James, we still have one more week of regular season fantasy football in my league because of the extra. You do because of the extra week of football overall. Yeah, that's see, that's dumb. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the reason that's being avoided is because of the potential of people resting during. Oh the yeah. But I think that's yeah, part that's, of fantasy. That's the issue. It's the same thing with people getting injured. You just got to draft the backups. I don't. I mean, I don't think so. I, I think that's kind of like that. It's kind of like when um, when you go to like a. I, the, I compare it to like when people would like used to go to Cavs games when LeBron was playing and they used to just have the, the like the division locked up or the seed locked up and they would just rest LeBron and people would be like very angry because he wasn't playing even though he's healthy. It's kind of like that. Like just kind of be. Oh, I understand. Like, yeah. Cavs tickets. What? <laughs> the tickets were cheap. <laughs> no, when LeBron was there, they weren't cheap. Oh, yeah. Not, not when he was resting. 
<laughs> well, they, well, they, they tried to not it. tell people he was resting, so the cheap tickets didn't get cheap. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, they get cheap after the, yeah, the injury report later. comes out at seven thirty. Yeah, like stuff. people are <laughs> half the stadiums filled up already. You know. <laughs> oh, also, George, this is like a fun fast. You know, in our one league, we are playing each other <laughs> for in the first round of the playoffs. In, uh, the league I'm the man and the commissioner of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the four seed, I'm the one seed. But Ooh. I mean, I guess here. Still sticking on the fantasy talk, and we all play it. You know, we all disagree. I personally like the extra week, but we don't need to argue that too long. I want to hear everyone's best pick and best bl- or worst blunder of their fantasy season. Oh, oh dude! Uh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> the biggest one. The biggest one. You can you can m- mention some other ones minorly, but like, let's hear your big one. Okay, so my first one. I have this guy. In- Two leagues. He's been a lifesaver this year. He wasn't a lifesaver last week, but overall, he's RB8 on the year. Got him for reasonable value in one league and drafted him in the other league. Drafted him real late. Mondre Stevenson. It's been wonderful for me. Mondre Stevenson won me my game last night by doing nothing. Yeah, so he got injured last night, so he had three points. I guess it's two nights ago now. Andre Stevenson has been RB8 this year. He's been producing steadily every week. And I drafted him real late in one league, and I traded for him. I gave up a decent load for him, if I remember. I think I actually gave up Mark Andrews, and I got Stevenson and a couple other pieces. I don't regret that trade. In, that, in the league where I did that, I was the worst team in the league. James is in that league, and that was somewhat turned it around. So... Ramondre Stevenson's been my star of the year. Let's hear the blunder, George. Where did you go wrong? Let's go do the stars first. Then okay, we'll fine. Well, I'm going to go next on my star because mine's real easy. No one's going to be surprised by it. He's making an MVP caliber season for himself, and I've already talked him big on my show for being on my fantasy team. But this dude's been putting up like 25 points a week. Like, his bad weeks are when he puts like 20 up. Jalen Hurts has been the carry of my fantasy team this year. And in, in, in a year... Where I drafted Jonathan Taylor and uh, uh, Leonard Fournette as my running backs, and, or Javante Williams, excuse me. Uh, we've had some rough injuries. Uh, I had John <laughs> Bateman. Uh, I had um, who else? Did I, have? I have Jacoby Myers. He's been in and out. Um, it's we've been all over the place. But uh, the certain definite victory for me, and should it wasn't a complex one, so it's not like a diamond in the rough or anything. But uh, Jalen Hurts been a dog makes me i really like watching the eagles and i you know makes me love that steagles relationship that we used to have i really think we should maybe bring it back because if we could combine the offense of the the eagles with the defense of the steelers and what they already got over there i think the steagles would be the most dominant force i think you could say that about most two team combinations so (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. That I mean, the league combined with my team, they'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we were the Steagles before. We were the Steagles before. It makes sense. But James, let's hear yours. Let's hear yours. Um, it's kind of a. I'm, I'm kind of double. I'm kind of doubling up here. Um, that's fine. The Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Oh, stats. that that's one. That's one connection. That is one thing. That, that those are two puzzle pieces that fit right into each other. Like that, that that connection this year has won me so many games. If I, 
I was very high on Travis Kelsey in, in my one league. I tra- I traded for him in another league, but in my one league, I drafted him just in the second round. People were kind of like, eh, I don't know if that's a, you know, great. You know, I feel like no, you could have gotten better value. And I was like, nah, man, you, you'll, you'll see. see. And then I drafted Mahomes. And George can tell you, uh, the four-touchdown yeah. Travis Kelsey game was the week that I played George, and uh, it killed him uh, emotionally that's and uh, in fantasy. If, if Even if Kelsey only gets one tutty, Stack wins you the week. Kelsey, oh, yeah. Two tutties. We're talking high score of the week. Kelsey has had multiple three touchdown games this year and a four touchdown game this year. <laughs> it's been so beautiful. <laughs> you don't even need to start anyone else. You have eight combined touchdowns between two players. Okay. It's a great time. That's let me true. tell you. It's true. That, that, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Again, I feel like me and James, like, those are just like things you do and you're like, oh, this. This was gonna be. I don't. This isn't a gamble. This is. This is just like worst case scenario. He gets like one or two. <laughs> oh yeah, no, dude, hundred percent. Like I, I like normally I have a rule where like I don't draft a QB until like the fifth round. But Mahomes was still there in the fourth, and I was like, I don't yeah, think yeah. I can let this yeah. pass up. <laughs> no, I, forget, I forget where I got hurt at, but I think we could do our 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 blunders, our failures. Right. You know, every to improve over the years, you got to make better decisions the next year you know um i have three failures <laughs> three three failures. <laughs> to be fair i'm in five leagues okay right? that's fair i'm only in one so i'm a little failures. more limited um first one i was so high on this guy night i drafted him i changed my team name to include his name in it <laughs> thought i got great value in him for the round i got him in I don't know if I've started him more than one week. Ladies and gentlemen, Darren Waller. Ooh. Absolute bust at tight end. The Raiders are just a bust this year. Now, here's the one. It's <coughs> the me, most sorry. devastating to my fantasy aspirations overall on the year. I drafted this player in the second round in three of my five leagues. I thought he was the next Jonathan Taylor of last year. I thought... Broncos country was going to ride. I had Javante Williams on IR in three different leagues right now. Javante Williams devastated my year. And last one. This one's a little peculiar because a lot of people probably didn't have this dude rostered after week two. But I hung on to him and hung on to him and started him and tried to trade him and started him. Chase Edmonds. Absolute <laughs> bust. Do you want to know who got picked? One pick after Chase Ed- I picked Chase Edmonds in my league? Who? who? Damian Pierce. Ooh. Do you want to know who got picked one round after that? Ooh. Kenneth Walker. Oh, George. Yeah. George. No. But I sat on Chase Edmonds for half this season. All right. Well, I've got some pretty simple blunders. I mean, I I think I you know I'm not gonna call Javante a blunder for tearing his ACL. I'm not. I'm just you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do your knee training in the off season. No, I I they, it, <laughs> you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna critique Rashad Bateman for whatever what did it what's what's wrong with him because he's been on my ir for he's been on ir for a while yeah, I don't yeah. Know what's he has like I, a foot injury or something uh, yeah it's foot foot injury it says oh this rank oh oh yeah 
Well, list Frank's been bad lately. Yeah, there's been a, I've heard a lot of this Frank. We could talk about that a little bit later too. Ed Holmgren out for the year in the NBA never even got it. Oh, that dude looked way too thin though. Like I knew that guy was getting injured. Like, but you think you're like he's gonna like break a couple ribs or snap a leg? It was his foot injury. Foot. That's probably what Eighteen feet. You know, I could talk to Kobe Myers going on and off injury. I could talk fucking DJ Moore just not playing football. You know, except like once every four weeks he decides to play. Yeah, you know. And so I, I think my biggest blunder this year is going to be my first pick of the draft. I hated the fact that I got the first pick. I I was like, hey, I tried to shop him week one. I knew it was a blunder, but there was there's statistically nothing else you could do that pick him. Jonathan Taylor has had. The most underwhelming fantasy year of my life. It has killed my fantasy team more than any team guy just disappearing. Because you can't not start Jonathan, you know? Like, he's, he, you can't not play him. He, he's projected the score so much when he's in. He's been a disappointment. The Colts in general have just been a disappointment. And, you know, I think the fantasy numbers reflect that. And I think if I had picked... Anyone else, especially once McCaffrey got out of his broken system down in Carolina, like oh my god, I'd I'd be first in the league. I'd be done. James, you could take it. Uh, well, my one league, I just I I really haven't blundered. I I drafted one. Oh, the oh, other one though, no, no. <laughs> he doesn't blunder. Yeah, the other one, the other one is the other one's a. I mean, George, you've seen my team in the other league. That team is insanely good. Um, but the the other league that I'm in with George, um, there was um, there was a few blunders, um, a few, uh, three specifically that I can uh, think of. Two of them aren't too bad. The other one is a uh, is uh, very painful for me. Um, the first one being drafting Jameson Williams. <laughs> I yeah. really thought I really thought that dude would come back and be good. And there's still a chance that happens, but my man's just been on our IR the whole year. He's just been a non factor for the whole year. It's just been me waiting and waiting and waiting. And he's on my roster now. He finally made it up to the roster, but he's not starting. He's firmly in the bench spot. Um but there was that move. Um I traded Jacoby Myers for Michael Carter instead of trading him for Cordero Patterson. Ooh. That ooh. that one was bad. Yo, that one was bad. I know bad. you guys can't see it, but I'm big on Mr. Cordero Patterson. I got his autograph right on my desk. Uh, yeah, we've, we've been over that one before. I don't really. care. You know, like, I love that guy. That guy's – I wish no, I – I've tried to trade for him so many – I've tried to trade Jonathan Taylor for him, and I've been told no. That's how bad of a year he's had. <laughs> See, I really thought Michael Carter would become the guy again after Brees Hall got hurt, and instead it's Bam Knight. So, you know, Damn. what are you going to do? But uh, the Bam real – What a great story. No, honestly, I love the dude. He, saved, guy, he won but... me. He won me. I, was, I had both – I had Carter and Bam, and I, I had to play one of them, and I played Bam. And it saved me. It won me my fantasy. Like if I would have played, I would have lost. Bam saved me this week. 
I yeah, hate that the, his name biggest, is Zonovan on the app. I like Bam Knight so much better. That's such a better football it should, name. It should just be, it should just be Bam Knight. I don't know why it isn't. But um, the biggest blunder that I've that I've had in fantasy in this league, I think technically the Michael Carter one's probably just the biggest like overall like trade blunder because I could have had Patterson and I just chose Carter. But um, just the overall um, construction of my running back room this year in that league. Um, when I say that that room is held together by duct tape, I think I'm doing it. A, I think I'm doing it service. I think Scotch tape would be more accurate. I think James, I have had I think it's over important note, running back it, start. I, I think it's important to note you went receiver, receiver, t- receiver, tight end, receiver in the draft, or tight end receiver. No, receiver? I didn't. No, no. What was your first running back pick round four or five? I think it was five or six. Yeah, well, yeah. James, it doesn't matter. Even if you pick for receiver one, two, like I did, I went Jonathan Taylor, uh, Javante Williams, first two. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I stand by this. I stand by the no running back strategy because I did it in the other league. And I, my running back core in the other league is Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard, Damian Pierce, and, uh, and Najee. So I traded for Najee, but it was ETN at the time. Um, so like I stand by the no receiver. I stand by the no receiver move. I just did not do it well in that league. Yeah, all right. I, I think, think I've can... had fifteen plus running backs on my roster. Yeah, I think we can move that. on from the fantasy talk. I have a little bit of injury update, but we'll just go through this real quick because there were a lot of injuries. You know, we could talk a little bit more about the general health implications. You know, I feel like every week we start to see, we're seeing. I feel like you know, for as much of a prep impact or like focus that the NFL is kind of trying to put on injuries now, I feel like we notice them a lot more than I was before. And that could be because we just have better like reporting systems and stuff to actually identify it. But I mean, when you look at the injury update this week, it was like pretty gruesome. We got Kenny Pickett not looking good for even next week, potentially getting murky reports. Um, Russell going down. Russell Wilson going down. Um, While we're here on Russell Wilson update on Russ versus the toilets. Oh, yep. <laughs> Much more important than his injury update. After an impressive three-touchdown <laughs> performance, Russ is now one touchdown away from tying the toilets, two away from beating the toilets. Well, that's and this is important. But we, we got to hope if he, we, we, he needs to get back in. He needs to get off his home toilets. Need, he needs to get in to beat them. I need Russell Wilson come back week 18 being two touchdowns to beat the toilets. I need to see what happens. <laughs> Kyler Murray, potential season ending, right? I heard ACL tear. Oh, yeah. oh that that dude's ACL's torn. Oh. Yeah. Um, I even I I heard there was a little injury with Tom Brady, some hand issues during the game potentially. They're saying, but on the other side of that game, Debo suffering pretty bad injury as well, from what I understand. No, now new reports. Debo should be back. Oh. In the playoff. That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, That's good. It, it's it's not. It's not like good. It's like bad. Apparently, it's not as bad as they originally. Yeah, thought. but even like like there's yeah. there's even more QBs like Mike White and Tyler Huntley for the Ravens. Oh, even like there were just so Mike many. Mike White. You Mike see White the guy Mike White got injured on? No, I did not. Mike did White not. got murdered <laughs> by Matt Milano. But there's even more receivers too. Like I heard Tyreek. It looks like Tyreek Hill has an injury potentially, and in for the yeah, Bengals. They had both T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd now day to day with injuries. They played T. Higgins weird in that game. I don't think he ended up catching anything. No, okay. I actually limited. heard about this. This is so dumb. I hate Zach Taylor for this so much. Is that like 
During warm-ups, T. Higgins tweaked his hamstring, and he like went and told the athletic training staff, and they told and they told the coach, and they're like, "We think he can play," but like he said, he tweaked. He doesn't feel great, and they were like, and, and Zach Taylor was like, "Play, no, no, let's let's let's." Let's play him. You know, let's just let's see how it goes. And then after the first play, he left because he's like, dude, I can't play on my hamstring. I, I freaking hate Zach Taylor for that so much, dude, because I, I lost. No, but my, I in that matter. sort of I, – I kind of wanted to guide the question in this way. Um, George is having Sorry, some I just fun. heard someone. I know. Go. That sounded a little heard. fun event. George is having <laughs> – It sort of leads me to the question, and I'm, I'm gonna, it's going to be interesting if whether or not George has the insight into it now that we don't have him on the mic. But uh, – is okay. He's back. He's good. It's, it seemed to be momentary. What is is why do we think we're seeing so many injuries? Is it just we're this late into the season? Guys are getting beat. You know they're they're taking a lot. Or do we think there's maybe some missed calls, some like dirty things? Because like I said, just like with the Kenny injury, it looked like he he got hit on the play. They were like, oh, go check him. We checked him out. He got through the concussion protocol, came out, played another drive, and then. He was like, oh, no, and they had more symptoms on the sideline. And he had, turns out he had a concussion from the first hit. So, George, do you want to do start this or do you want me to start I, this? I think there's two parts of these injuries we should talk about. The the knees, the Liz Franks, the ankles, that's football. Um, those injuries happen every year, whether they're more pronounced this year or not. ACLs always kind of seem to be the injury. I mean, I know that's what Kyler just went down with. Um, ACLs are – it happens in football. It happens in every sport. Yeah, it's the CLs, the ACLs, and the MCLs. But I, I think always the concussions are now that we're now we're getting into a whole different conversation. Um, I think with the Kenny Pickett play particularly, you have well, first of all, you have an argument for roughing the. Pass. Yeah, no, I was going to say like that. I don't know how we didn't get that. Whether you get the penalty or not, that's regardless of the outcome. The injury, the hit happened. Um, I think concussions are too subjective for there to be effective protocol to take place. So essentially how concussion protocol works, and they're, they're really trying to improve this right now, but they had a big blunder. Um, i got to bring this up real quick. The Patriots-Cardinals game. Devontae Parker. Oh, yeah, no, I was just, that's the one I didn't get to talk like, about got up and got all stumbly and like couldn't walk in a straight line. He looked like a newborn giraffe. Ever seen videos of those? But um, no, I saw that, and I because I saw the I saw Devonte after they the game being real vocal. Yeah, they have people in the box now who their job is to watch the game and make sure no one is. A yeah, no, we had a game. We they stop the play if they see someone. So like we had someone in the Steelers game. I know that got um, pulled out because of that. Devonte Parker did not signal to that. And it was, like, obviously out of it. And he was so obviously out of it that he tweeted after, like, after the game. Like, I think it was the next day. He was like, yeah, how did no one pull me out of that game? Well, no, AJ, well, like, the thing is, like, uh, you watch the clip on the field. AJ Brown, or not AJ Brown, um, somebody, Mar- Marquise Brown? Wrong Brown. Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown is, like, waving people he's like can rep he's like can, can we get him out of here come on like this guy like the teammates noticed it and tried to get the refs to even do it and like is there not can the ref not like call up and be like hey is this guy looking all right that's not in the yeah i don't think it's on the responsibility ref. i mean the refs have a lot of responsibility but like i feel like the clock and penalties and that's why there's people who 
professionals whose job that's their job i mean they're also just doing their job so but that's um, my point if you've I got like the a, problem, where's the problem with concussions concussion protocol and i've been through concussion protocol three different times in my career um it's ungodly subjective because the number one thing with a concussion is there, yes are there ways to diagnose a concussion like they do the pen test your eyes need to follow the pen and if like your eyes can't follow the pen you're like really messed up yeah no and i had to do i've been through concussion, concussion protocol once it was when i went head first into a curb for yeah, off my a scooter lot of people who will have concussions and their eyes will still follow that pen but really concussions come down to how you feel does your head hurt can you sit in a room with bright lights can you look at a computer screen for an ample amount of time do you, do you have full cognitive function and dudes can buy and cheat on that to get back onto the field and these guys are all competitors i mean every dude in the nfl has a competitive spirit that's second to none really uh, to get to that level of football you have to and um so like i know this used to happen in high school ball people you take a original and when you're health, when everyone's healthy at the beginning of the year before you play a snap of football everyone takes a concussion test it has different things like reaction times and like this button type this word yeah. which of these is red stuff like that just yeah. like simple stuff. cognitive function yeah kids would tank that test on purpose but when they gave them the test when they thought they had a concussion they'd be like oh it's the same score they got the first time Oh. He's doing better than he did the first time. <laughs> he's, he's, he's in the mode. He's okay. he's he's all in it. <laughs> concussion. There, there's not ample technology right now to properly, objectively diagnose a concussion. Until that until that innovation takes place, concussions are going to continue to rain down on the NFL. And I think it's honestly, I. Obviously, helmet technology is something big that needs to continue to improve on. I'm very shocked that helmets aren't coming as technologically advanced as they and that's, should be. I'm going to be honest. I like, mean, I don't mean to... the little soft paddings that they put on top of their helmets and they were forced to like, wear in practice mm -hmm. in the preseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said like empirically these were reducing concussions by like 20 to 30%. Like, we can't find a way to get that stuff. Well, well that's sort of my helmet. point. You know, I, I don't mean to be like this. <laughs> I don't mean to bring some outside stuff. But we're at the point in the United States where we could put little metal plates on our chest to, like, stop bullets. I mm -hmm. think we should be able to figure out something to stop a person. And you're telling me you just stuck a random foam pad. Yeah. You found it at the corner of the locker room one day on a helmet and did a research study. And you're like, wow, this reduced concussions. And we still can't figure out how to get our helmets better. Yeah, like literally, like <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, so. like why don't they just put like a pillow surface on the edge of the helmet? Why does it have to be hard on the outside? It would not. How would that change the game in any way? It wouldn't. That's my point. No, but that's my. Why does the helmet have to be hard on on the out? Like, oh, I, no, they yeah, used to be I, soft. I, they used to be like leather. No, but my point is, is like I, I'm still fine with a hard <laughs> layer on the inside. <laughs> I'm fine with a hard layer on the, but imagine putting a leather cap over the helmet. You know, I Maybe guess. They were onto something in the 1930s, dude. <laughs> I mean, there's like there's like a physics element to this that like I don't think any of us are like worse than. Hey, I took AP land, physics. Ivory yeah, Kill's gonna run a four three six instead of a four three two with the styrofoam on the outside. Of it. But um, if but anything, like, them moving slower is better. It makes it harder to get the injury. Like, if ev but if everyone—that's no, my I point. If everyone's wearing it, then everyone's gonna be just as affected. 
No, but um, the one thing I want to talk about, because I, I agree with George about the concussions, basically, I, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to diagnose right now. They need to get a better methodology for that. But where I will push back a little bit is in terms of the, like, leg and knee, like, the leg the leg injury specifically. Because, like, typically, like, oblique injuries, shoulder injuries, like, that, that's just getting hit. I completely agree with that. Like, but with the leg injuries, especially the non-contact ones... Are we going to talk turf um, versus grass right now? Oh, oh. oh 100%. I, that's <laughs> valid. That's grass, something else. I agree. Because, because like, in the past, like, 20 in the past like twenty years, I, believe, I forget who did the study, but in the past, like, 20 years in the NFL, like, like knee and, like, leg injuries have, like, increased at a dramatic rate. And at the same time as that, grass fields have been becoming less and less prominent, where whereas um, – Whereas turf fields are becoming more and more I feel prominent. Like it should be pretty, actually, like, I feel like there should be so, easy ways to do the studies to be like what injuries happen on grass and what injuries no, happen it, on no, turf. No, it's it, funny. It because, done. Because so they did a study. So oh. I, I've looked at the studies on this. Um, there's, a, there's two different types of turf fields that are used in the NFL. One is like a... It's like grass blades, and there's really no difference between that and grass... Um, on the impact of injuries to the like non-contact injuries. However, it's called split turf. So it's like a blade, but it also it kind of comes like this. I don't know if you can see my camera, but so it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. So there's like it connects at the bottom and the top, and there's a hole in it. I think the claim is that the spike will get caught in that hole and cause the pull. That's why more people are tearing their ACLs on that turf. And I absolutely, I mean. If you ask any NFL player, they're like, yes, I want to play on grass. The NFL is a multi-billion dollar corporation at this point. Every one of these owners besides Dan Snyder <laughs> is more than financially capable. Well, I think it just no, makes Vegas, The Las Vegas Raiders guy is not. Well, He's I think it lucky. just makes sense, you know? Like, you can't tear up a turf field, but you can tear up a grass. Like, instead of tearing I, I, I know, up your leg. The <laughs> brothers were talking about is, like, when you get tackled and you hit that turf, it's hard, but the grass has, like, some give to it. Yeah, you can. No, yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, if you really want to look at it, too... Um... Like the NFL Player Association has like been asking for this for a while, and they're really pushing hard for it this year specifically. And uh, the reason I've tried to bring this up earlier because I know George has looked at some studies too. But there was a uh, there was a while this like I think ten ish years ago, fifteen years ago, um, like FIFA, like the World Soccer Organization, was like uh, pushing for um, their soccer the the soccer leagues they represent. I think it was specifically the Premier League. The Premier League was like pushing for their fields to be turf and not grass because it was cheaper. And all the players were like, no, no, that's bad. No, that's bad. And so FIFA, like the like World Soccer Organization, did a study to see, like, okay, would actually, injuries actually increase if we did this? And they found it was st- significantly yes. Like, that, like, knee injuries and leg injuries. I know it's soccer versus, like, football. But, like, the I mean, injuries for, like, your lower body like, would significantly increase. Yeah. Yeah, that would significantly increase, and so they didn't do it. They actually outlawed turf. Or I don't know if they outlawed it, but they were basically like, no, no turf Public fields. service announcement. Us here at the Neighborhood Watch Party are supporters of grass fields across the entire <laughs> national now, now, I, now, this, now, this begs another question, though. You want to talk about the fields. I want to talk about the stadiums. Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins stadium, maybe, you know, where – Half of the field is in the sun if if they play a one o'clock game and their half of the field isn't. Where we're talking like half the site field is thirty degrees hotter than the other half. I don't have a problem with that. You don't have a problem. That that seems a little unfair. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's nature, that's, man. That's not nature yeah, because kinda... it's it's architecture. They designed <laughs> they designed the stadium to give them an innate advantage. I mean, yeah, but like, I mean, they would have to choose the side. I guess they could just choose the side every time if they want coin toss. But yeah, like, sure I mean, have, it, no, they, I'm sure they have the same side. This no, it's the home side. No, they're, they're, it's the, it's their lines. side. It's two different sidelines. Yeah, it's yeah. oh the sidelines. Yeah, that, it's that's like, not one half of the field. It's, there's innate home field advantages. Like I know I, this is. I'm talking high school football here. Like when you go play in a away game, like at late in the year and it was cold. Oh yeah, your sideline didn't have any heaters on it, but you should that 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 um opponent sideline had a whole log cabin out. No, there but that's with, my like, point. Yeah, heaters and hot chocolate on the sideline, and but you, liter- you got like two old literally James in the Miami Dolphins field when it's a one o'clock game, the sun only shines on the away team sideline. Yeah, I just think I kind of agree with George. It's just home field advantage. Like, I mean, in baseball, no, but I, too, like you have all, you have different you have different ballparks that have different. No, like, but it is an issue because, runs, like, if you so. you look at the amount of people that like like because the average temperature on the sideline for them then is like a hundred and five degrees. Oh, here's how should you solve that if you actually find that to be a substantive problem for the National Football League? Put the Dolphins games at four twenty five. <laughs> well, no, and that, well, the thing is, is that's what they. I think that's what they try to do. Is there's not that many like you in, through a whole season. You're probably even if the, they schedule it normally, you're only going to have like one or three or four one o'clock home games. You know, maybe at most. Not for the Cleveland Browns or Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, but, one. yeah, but like they've, they. I think they were expected to be a bit little better this year. But my point is, is like. It, I get that you can't change the stadium as it is, but if they were going to build a new stadium, like, do you think it would be unfair to be like, hey, you can't do that? I mean, I'm sure, like, you can't just, like, I don't know, like, I, I think that's, like, minute enough to where it's, like, like, obviously, if you just... There have been, like, give, a lot like, of player reports complaining about it, though. That, that's That's my thing, like... I mean, if, but it's if and, it, and the I mean, thing like, is too is like I I get what you were saying about like the hats so like in Heinz or well Acrisure, there's the open end of the field and then the, the 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 like closed end and so like when it's windy the one end of the field is significantly harder to kick into. Yeah. Uh, so like that kind of stuff I'm like a little because it's like you could choose to both that's even both teams deal with it at different halves of the game you know, um, but. The, the like baking your opponent with heat rays yeah yeah i mean that's i mean it probably should be even like there's nothing you can really do about it because you can't just be like oh, all stadiums to, like, should have a dome no. i disagree there's nothing cooler than a snow game in buffalo i, I no, you can open it you could open it yeah but they're not gonna open it if it's snowing <laughs> i think they should Guys, we have. I mean, they cool, should. We have this cool dome on our stadium, but no, because if you open. <laughs> no, I mean the retractable. When, you only leave it open when it's going to cause like, an unfair advantage. Or no, even like, close when it's signed the best running back in the league, and they're playing an air raid, and they have six feet of snow coming. <laughs> no, but they don't. No, but they don't really. But like owners don't really care that much about that. They care more about getting people to like code of the game. So like they're no, gonna be like, oh, I understand. Snowing. We're oh, talking about the game. The We're talking about the game. We're not talking about yeah, owners making yeah. money. No, listen. I like again. 
I prefer no dome because I think like the outdoors should be a factor. No, that's fine but, like, too. But I and prefers but, like, no dome because Dan Snyder can't afford one. <laughs> Dan Snyder can't afford Dan Snyder can't afford anything. All right, so. all right. But I think that's right, enough. We gotta move on. Yeah. I hate Dan Snyder. We've got back to our do we, previous. Do we surprises? I like it. Or do we want I like it. I love it. Yeah, we gotta talk our surprises. Um, so I think I could start it off here. We're going outside of the NFL to something that I just happened upon. I was playing video games down in my basement. I got off my computer. I went upstairs and turned on the TV. And I walked into some of the most entertaining last minutes of a football game I've ever seen. This is the, from my understanding, the first Army-Navy overtime ever. Right? Ever. ever. And I heard that and I was like, I, I, I got on and I, I got up literally as... They were doing the the stuff to decide which half they were on uh, for the the field, and I I heard I saw it. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen an Army Navy overtime. And then they said it. I was like, This is gonna be good. Army comes out, twenty five yard run for a tutty first Wait, play. I need, I, need, I need to point out. Army's only touchdown that game came special teams too. Yeah, so their offense did nothing. Their offense did nothing all game. Comes out overtime, cranks out a twenty-five yarder. The place is going insane. Army's home team, Navy comes out, having not thrown or completed a pass the entire football game, throws a tw- <laughs> throws a twenty-five yard bomb for a first play touchdown. And I was just like, no way. This is electric. And sadly, after that, it didn't get as electric anymore. You know, it slowed down. I think a field goal just won it. But I got to say. Big fumble by Navy. Yeah. Goal line. Yeah. By their stud running back, who there's arguments that he crossed the plane. But video evidence was not indisputable. There's just a big pile of things. Yeah. And so. It was, you know, it could have been more fun. Like, it was set up to potentially explode into one of those crazy, like, six overtime slugfests. I thought that would have been great. But I'm putting it as my surprise of the week because I genuinely had no idea what was happening. I just turned the TV on, and I was pleasantly surprised to see it. Speaking of that, Nighter, did you see what Navy did after they lost the game? Oh, no. They fired their head coach. Oh my god! Oh, that uh, he had such. It was so fun though. It was cool. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. His running back like they had a just sad play at the right at the end. You know, there was a what? What more can you do? For sports betters, real quick, this is the first time that the Army Navy game has hit the over in sixteen years. The only reason it hit the over was because of overtime. The over was only set at thirty-two and a half points. <laughs> but George, let's let's hear your surprise. And I don't think this is a p- surprise. You've been hot. Uh, I feel like uh, I do look- have to mention something real quick before my surprise of the week. Oh, um, I'm a Browns fan. If you go back a few years with our first overall pick, we drafted a, I'll say, gentleman, a gentleman out of Oklahoma named Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield led us to our first playoff win in decades. Um, it's like the future of our franchise. Last year, he sucked. Just the Carolina Panthers sucks. Just put on waivers and immediately picked up by Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. It's terrible 57 minutes of football. In the last three minutes, scores 14 points to beat the Raiders, including a... 
two-minute, 98-yard touchdown drive right down Las Vegas' throat. An incredible catch by Ben Skoranek. Uh, From Notre Dame. Notre Dame grad. Uh, <laughs> a touchdown snag by Van Jefferson to win the game. And I love Baker Mayfield. No. He planted the flag on Ohio State's field. I've always had some disdain for him since then. Um, Baker Mayfield surprised me this week. He did. Um, see if he has sustained success in. That would be an even bigger surprise, I think. Yeah, would be the bigger surprise because <laughs> Baker had these in moments in Carolina where he looked good. He sure had, isn't that how he started. No, but isn't this exactly how he started too? Didn't he come in on a Thursday night game and? Started for Carolina beginning of the year, but no, but that mean, but like start of his career. I thought that's how he started. He started on Thursday night. Um, when he started his career, he, he started game early in the year, came in, won the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was Thursday night or. Not. I thought it, I thought it was like a Thursday night game. I thought that's what they said. Um. So Baker Mayfield, oh, he's not my surprise of the week. It was a surprise. He's a surprise of the week. Now I got to get to my surprise of the week. Team that recently had a huge QB trade with the Los Angeles Rams. Get maybe the better QB in the trade, along with a lot of draft capital and pieces. Detroit Lions and Jared Goff. I think it's something like Jared Goff hasn't thrown an interception. Jared Goof. Jared Goof hasn't thrown an interception in four weeks. Last game he threw for 330, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a higher passer rating than Mr. Justin Herbert. Oh, my God. And the Lions are hunting the playoffs, man. They're, they're stalking the playoffs. Uh, I think one, what, five of their last six, six of their last seven, something like that. And um, Eric Goff, man, I mean, you can't say enough about what he's done in the past two months there in Detroit. He's putting on a show. He's playing like a top-five quarterback in the league. He's not turning the ball over, and – he has control of that offense. He has control of that locker room, and they're bought in on Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff saved him and Dan Campbell another season in Detroit. Um, I think a lot of people thought Detroit was going to get the first overall pick this year and go grab S. Young or C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, but from the looks of it, this is Jared Goff's football team, and Jared Goff gets my surprise of the week, and it should really be a surprise of the month. He's playing incredible football. Fair enough, fair enough. Pass it over to Jamesy, the creator of this section. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, great surprises, guys. But uh, but my surprise of the week has to be the Carolina Panthers taking it to the Seattle Seahawks, winning that game 30-24 in just an absolutely impressive fashion. I mean, Seattle's defense has been up and down the whole year. But, like, the Panthers have just been looked at as one of the worst teams in the league. And I will say, ever since Steve Wilkes took over that that co- that, that uh, head coaching position, they have just took, taken the philosophy of we will just run the ball and we will play great defense. And that is exactly what they did. They ran for 223 yards on 46 carries, getting two touchdowns, and averaging amongst the – I think it's six. The six players they had rushing the ball, 4.8 yards a carry. Chuba Hubbard had 74 yards, average four, average 5.3. Dante Foreman had 74 yards, only average 3.5. And then rookie Raheem Blackshear had, went for, had four carries for 32 yards, averaging eight yards a carry. And not only that, but 
the Carolina Panthers had the ball for double the time that Seattle did. They had the ball for about 40 minutes, whereas Seattle only had it for 20. Just an absolute dominant performance by the Panthers, bringing them, bringing their playoff playoff hopes alive. And this this team's hot right now. They're playing good defense. The offense is somehow working with Sam Darnold behind the behind the helm. They're just. They they are a a dark horse to make the playoffs out of the AFC or out of the NFC South, and I'm I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it so much. You know what Sam Darnold's doing right now, and this is what the Panthers weren't doing earlier this year. They had PJ Walker and Baker Mayfield who were coming in trying to make big plays, scrambling around, and I mean trying to do what a lot of good QBs in the league do. Like Josh Allen does that, Mahomes does that, but they aren't those guys. Sam Darnold has taken this offense. He's handed the ball off. He's made, made smart reads, and he's not turned the ball over. They're winning. No, hundred percent. The Panthers have a incredibly underrated defense in my mind. By the way, Shaq Thompson, J.C. Horn, Brian Burns, like dude, Brian Burns is legit. With Brian Burns is talent, really good. The, Shaq Thompson had nine tackles. Did J.C. Horn have a pick last game? Let's yeah, say. he almost had two. Horn had he a just... pick. Yeah, he he almost had two. One got called back because his foot was, I think, just out of bounds when he caught the pick. But he was he had a great game. He got picked eighth overall in the draft a couple years ago. He's injured his whole rookie year. Dude could play football. No, dude's good. His dad's a Hall of Famer. I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, at least played. I also just want to point out you uh, you mentioned Josh Allen earlier. Uh, he had a worse passer rating than uh, Justin Herbert this week. But uh, Ooh. yeah. Why is just but, uh, anyway, anyway. Brock Purdy? We will base everything off Justin Brock Herbert. Brock Purdy or Trevor Lawrence. I have to defend my boy. Um. Anyway, all right. So I think George, you wanted to talk the NFL playoff picture and make some predictions, right? Yeah. Let's talk NFL playoff prediction. Predictions, real quick. I can give you one get team I know for certain will be in there. Um, so, so do you want to go division by division? Let's go. We're just going to talk AFC, then we're going to talk NFC. AFC. If the playoffs were start to, were to start today, Buffalo Bills would be on bye. Chiefs, Ravens, and Titans would have home games, and the Bengals, Dolphins, and Patriots would be going to play those three teams. Um, on the bubble. Also at seven and six, the Patriots are in seventh at seven and six right now. Also at seven and six are the Chargers the in the Jets. So anyway. Um I mean if we look at the Bills being at the top, it looks like they just about are gonna have that AFC East wrapped up. It just comes down if they could win a couple more games and fend off the Chiefs from getting that first round bye week and the infinite home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Um I don't know what you guys think. I actually think the Chiefs are going to find a way to snag that first round by. I think the Bills could drop another game, and I think the Chiefs win out. I think it's – if you would have asked me this like two weeks ago, I would have said – I would have 100% agree with you. But I just I just think Buffalo is playing really well right now. They're hot. Oh, yeah, I think I think they, str- they struggled at the right time. Like they struggled kind of in the middle of the year – you know, they had a few bad games, then they kind of righted the shit. I just think Buffalo is playing about as hot as Kansas City. I think it's possible that both still lose another game, but I just think it's that tiebreaker that's going to keep Buffalo in the one spot. So I, I agree with you. It could it could easily go to the Chiefs, like, don't get me wrong, but if I had to put money on it, I'd say Buffalo would keep it, but they have the same record. You know what I mean? It's just the head-to-head tiebreaker is what gives Buffalo the one. 
I think we we do we all agree those guys are going to be staying one and two up there. I think so. so. I would agree, unless like the Bengals make a crazy run, but I mean, the Bengals would have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. The the Bengals are the only team that I could really see doing it. If like if we're gonna say like about like a guy, a team that could go up and take like the two seed or the one seed, if the if the Bills drop some games like you think they might, and the Chiefs drop another game or two, and the Bengals just went out, I mean they could be the one. They're I good don't know enough how to the do tiebreaker it. would work between the Bengals and the Bills. I have no clue who would have it. It goes um it goes they does it go they division never... record instead of or does it go head to head if they do play? It goes head to head first, but I don't know if they play. Then it goes division, then it goes. So it goes head to head, then just division record, then it goes conference. So how many AFC games have you won? And then I think there's some other tiebreaker after that, but I'm not sure what it is. Let me tell you, I don't know. I don't care that much about the top of this AFC picture. There's one spot I'm looking at. There's one spot I'm looking at. It's that seven spot. And let me tell you (laughs) why I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are getting this spot. Let me just let me just would like to point out that these Steelers are currently ranked second to last. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. First off, first off we're going to look at the remaining Steelers schedule. The Steelers are going to have to win out and by god I tell you they have a path to do it. You want to hear our schedule? We play the Panthers. Which they they played good last week, but we have a chance at least, I think. Then it's the game of destiny. Christmas Eve. Franco Harris is coming home. We're putting people in the Hall of Fame. Big Ben Roethlisberger is going to be in the stadium. We are taking the Raiders down on Christmas Eve. Then we Those go. Are two winnable games I will concede there. The Ravens. I know Lamar will be back. And that's where you get eliminated from the playoffs. Look at the Steelers' <laughs> record against Lamar. I'm telling you. If you look at all of the Steelers' losses against Lamar since Lamar has come into the league, they have been not against Lamar, but backup quarterbacks when Lamar was hurt. RG3, week 16 of the big year for us. Uh, Last week, all of the Ravens' wins over the Steelers are when Lamar Jackson isn't playing. He's better. I'll give you that. We got him dialed in. It's hard to beat a team twice. I think it's a fun New Year's Day game. Maybe a little immaculate extension from Antonio Brown part two, you know, some specialty. And I'm telling you, I think the Browns are going to do it too. I'm t- this this final week matchup between the Browns and Steelers will decide which one of us goes to the playoffs. And let me tell you, if there's one thing the Steelers know how to do, it's manage a man with some uh, questionable pasts. You know, we handled ours for 17 years. I'm telling you, we might not have been able to handle good old Jacoby. He was quite scary. We we don't like men with clean records. But we know how to beat those guys like Lamar. We know how to beat guys like Deshaun. We got them dialed in. We got them locked on. We're beating the Browns at home in the final week. And let me, let's just look at other players. I'll give you a little other team analysis. Um, let's look at who has that seven spot now, the Patriots. The Patriots. You want to hear the Patriots, rec- who they got to play? Yep. The Raiders, Bengals, the Raiders win that. Bengals, Dolphins, Bills. A top, top schedule. That's my point. So let's right. the Chargers find the Chargers schedule. Oh, dude, the char- dude. I was just about to talk about this. The Give Chargers, me- if they if they win this week against the Titans, their their schedule is literally they play the Titans, 
They play the okay. Colts, they play the Rams, and then they play the Broncos. The oh. Chargers Ooh. can God. win out and make the Chargers are getting the seven seed. The Chargers are formidable, but I'm telling you, Justin Herbert has a really low QB rating. I'm telling you, like we've been saying this whole show. Listen, listen, listen. Broncos country is going to win that game. Let's ride. Let's ride. Don't you, taking down the toilet. Don't listen. Listen here. We said the final week. Did you say that they play them the final week, James? Uh, what the the Broncos? Two. Yeah, they play the Broncos. Yeah, Russell Wilson's coming in last week to beat the toilets and the Chargers. I'm telling you, the Steelers might just weasel their way. Who else do we got here? The Jets. The Jets. The Jets have a tough schedule. They, they have the, the Lions, Lions next then week. They play the Jags. Then they play the Seahawks. Oh, and the Jags. The, the Jags play the Cowboys this week, and then they play the Jets. So that's two people in front of us. The Raiders were all down on. That's my point. If we could just win some football games we're supposed to win, we might just have a chance. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. It might sound crazy. I might look like the Pepe Silvia meme drawing all the lines on the wall, but I'm telling you, there's a path. The Browns' biggest obstacle is that the Chargers beat them head-to-head. So we need we would need the Chargers to only win two of their next... I, I know. Four. Listen, we would, that, to, we would need to go ten and eight, and they would need to go nine. Listen, and the Colts. You need you. you need the to Colts go can beat them. The Colts eight. can beat them. The Broncos can beat them, and the, the Titans can go, beat them. The Chargers could only win one more game if we want to go to the playoffs. No, they, they no because we're supposed to be. The idea is that we finish at nine and eight, so they can win two. Because well, first of all, you they beat you guys. I don't think we played them. The Chargers aren't losing two of their next four. They're going to probably win three of their next four. I don't think so. Listen, listen. this is the year of bad football where teams who are supposed to win don't. Let's get to the important conversation here real quick. Titans-Jaguars. Who's getting out of the South? Dude, I'm going to be real. I think think the Jags are hot right now. I think the Titans are really falling off. I think the Jaguars can do it. I really believe in them. I, I think I this week like will determine it. This week will like determine it. Officially, wow, Michael Graham, and officially state that Jaguars podcast is vehemently. Oh my god, I can't say that word. word vehemently. Vehemently. Whatever, we got it. Against. The Tennessee Titans for the remainder of the year. <laughs> oh, 100. Oh, 100 percent. Oh yeah, 100 percent. But my no, it's not a mobile quarterback. Eric Henry is not the best running back in the league. Whoa! Oh, calm down. Whoa. Mike Vrabel. <laughs> Who's better a, than Derrick Henry? Mid. Wait. Nicholas Jamal Chubb. Georgia, stop! Just oh please God. stop! Oh no! Um, I thought I was delusional for Mike the Steelers' Vrabel, take. Mike Vrabel is. An average in-season coach who has no idea how to get it done in the playoffs. Bro, you can't Very call much. Mike Vrabel an average hey, coach. That, that dude, that dude won that. twelve games, got a one seed with no roster. And Derrick Henry's the best running back in the league. Well, no, he did. I don't care. I don't care if you think lost in his first playoff game. Better. Dude's also been to an AFC championship. Has Stefanski been to an AFC championship? Right. Well, when did I say Stefanski was a good coach? Get Bro, rid you- of him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Listen, I think that's good. The the thing is, the AFC, everyone's playing bad. It feels like, you know, like nobody's perfect. It's anyone's game. 
there are at least a few more better contenders over in the NFC, I think. Eagles clinched their first spot, obviously. They're already in. They're locked yeah. in. I mean, they're 12-1. and one. They're locked in. Vikings are winning the North. Yeah. No yeah, they're just yeah. winning the North. And the Niners... I think we all agree are pretty much a shoe in and I think the Cowboys, the way they're Dude, playing, have a pretty decent chance to get in as well. The Seahawks, I think, play the Niners and the Chiefs in the next like three weeks. The Seahawks cannot. So, my, so I guess we have questions. The first question I see is Buccaneers. We all seem pretty down on them. Down. But this is the time of the year when Tom Brady likes to play his best football. It sure is, Nader. It sure is. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I still can't count him out, especially when I see him at the four spot here. I mean, I'm just down. I, I'm going to be real. I'm very down. I mean, the the Bucks play the Bengals this week. I think that's just going to be a loss. Like, I, I'm i down on the Buccaneers 100%. Oh, I, I'm, I'm down, down on them, too. That's my point. Like, it's, it's They're 6-7 and seven I, and at the head of their division. Here's the thing: they're only the only the teams that are a game back for them are the are the Panthers and the Falcons, who Tampa Bay plays. They play both of them. Before yeah, they and I'm telling it. you, we're beating the Panthers this week. So Panthers, can say I bye-bye. don't know. Bye bye. Bye bye. But um, but, funny situation, real quick. Funny situation, real quick. If the playoffs were to start today, or in general, if the Buccaneers and Cowboys both make the playoffs, which probability says they will, and the four and five seeds, which probability says they will, they've played each other this year, and one of the three Cowboys losses are to the Buccaneers. It could be yeah, an interesting game. But I just think Dallas will kill them. Look who's Bye. in there, though. Look who's in there, though. One of our teams is actually in there. Look at the Not the there. Washington Commanders. <laughs> Can they, they hold out, James? Players. Listen, they just if they beat the Giants, I believe they will make they need to win two of their next four games. If they can win two of their next four, Probably. they will they will be a hundred percent in. Fair enough. If they beat the but they need to beat the Giants. That's a definite win they have to have. And I think between the between the Browns, Niners, and Cowboys, they can pick up one. I'm specifically looking at the Browns game. But, but so what I'm hearing is because Niners and Cowboys, those are two tough games. Let's pretend well, you the beat Cowboys the Giants. Cowboys at the end of the year when they might the not Giants. be playing anything. Let's pretend you so. beat the Giants. Let's pretend. Oh, it's another game where if George wants, you guys are going to both be potentially killing each other's playoff hopes. Oh, yeah. No, oh, I know. I'm out of playoff hopes. It's no. spoiler season, boys. I'm here to ruin some Washington Commander fans' year. Sean <laughs> Watt is going to have his coming out game against Washington. On Is that New Year's Day, James? I believe it's so. It's either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. It's either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Down there in Washington, (laughs) D.C., the nation's capital, John Watson's going to have his coming out game. Nicholas Jamal Chubb's going to run for 153 yards and two touchdowns. Man, you really discount Washington's defense. All right. one of the best in the league this year. And then finally, there's one last team, though. The Browns are on the fourth string. Center. There's one last team so, here, though, and, and you honestly, guys have Aaron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Both teams in New <laughs> York have do. been great this year. Or not great, but significantly better than usual. For okay, the, no, considering how bad they've been for years, we can call them great. Sure, fine. The but the Giants are in the playoffs right now. If it ended today, Giants are not going to make the playoffs. Mark my words. Oh, that's I'm probably true. Real. Well, that's the thing. Listen, the Redskins. Oh gosh. Oh. But, 
Giants <laughs> are me. not making the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think they that. will. I'm gonna have to beep that. That's illegal. It's all right. It happens. I'm just not um, used to the Commanders yet, especially no, it's all right. especially because like you. I, I don't know if y'all are looking at this. Like, I don't, are you on the NFL's website right now looking at this, George? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the other ones say like Cowboys and Buccaneers, but Washington's just still says Washington. Well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has Tampa Bay above it. Well, yeah, but my point is like everyone else, it's clear who they are, but like Washington, they never updated it to Commanders. <laughs> oh, it, it has Commanders on the one I'm at. Yeah, mine has Commanders on it as well. All right, we could. Mine doesn't. But I mean. Yeah, I would put my money against the Giants making it just because they're kind of on a... I mean, I, I truly believe they'll lose this week, and I think they're kind of just on a downswing because of all the injuries they've had. I think just the roster, the lack of talent on the roster is catching up with them. I just believe either Seattle or really the Lions could make it. I, I could see them doing it. Lions. All, all I know is, like, if Washington stays in the sixth seed, which... They, if the Giants drop out, they might. They, they could, if, if Washington does stay in the sixth seed, I am terrified of playing the Niners in the first round. I do not want to play the Niners. <laughs> I will say, I, I think it's going to end up being at the Seahawks in that last spot. But my, heart, my, my brain says the Seahawks. My heart says the Lions. No, George, I'm 100% with you I'm there. I'm like, with my heart. <laughs> I, I, you know, the Seahawks, I've, I've been a big fan of Geno Smith this year. The fact that he's just been good has kind of been incredible. Like, he's gotten memed on so much before the season started. Like, I, who was it? Like, the U.S. tennis, like, like Twitter, like, sh- like, um, like made fun of the Seahawks or something and made fun of Drew Locke and Geno Smith. So the fact that Geno Smith's out here just balling, like, looking like one of the best QBs in the league right now, like, if either team makes it in, I won't be mad. But, like, I kind of want the Lions in just because it would be really cool to see the Lions playing the uh, the Vikings. Dude, if the Lions played the Vikings in the playoffs, that would be so electric because they could actually Lions win that game. Beat them. All right, but <laughs> I think the Dan, the Dan Campbell Lions are a different breed of lion. These are the alpha male lions. We're talking about the kings of the jungle right now. Yeah. My thing though, I think the rest of the teams here though, while there's a lot more of these like five and eight, four and nine contenders over on the NFC, I think we're all pretty certain they're not mostly going to make it in. Yeah, I will say, though, before we and that's not a fan of the AFC North is about the Steelers and Browns right now, but we we just drew our scenarios up. Nope, because my scenario is probable. I think I I would put money on, like, because there's definitely, like, Tampa is the favorite to make it out of the NFC South. I would put money that either the Falcons or Panthers could steal from. Like, there's probably good odds on that. I could bet either of those teams and see it happening. I could see Tampa collapsing. The problem is... I'm cool with saying, oh, yeah, either of them could do it, but I don't know which one's going to because they both no, kind of suck. I, I would honestly bet the Panthers more than the Falcons right I now, but who knows? Maybe De- maybe Desmond Ritter comes out and really just shows out. Yeah, Desmond Ritter getting a start this week. He is, he's playing the Saints, too. Not a good uh, team. Yeah. No. Baker's, right. Yeah, Baker's got the Rams, but the Cardinals losing Kyler feels like an ender. Um. Oh, there's no way the Cardinals are bad. The yeah. Cardinals should fire their coach. <laughs> I but, don't know why. But that we coach. can with that we can finally move on to some future game looks. Um, We're finally here. Yeah, we finally <laughs> we have a long episode today. Oh. We are. We have another half hour probably. Yeah, 
But we've got some big games here, and again, games that I think we've sort of already talked a little bit about, but I think just some big matchups in general. And one that I think I want to talk about just because I need the Chargers to lose. Bad. And so I'll talk about this first one, Titans-Chargers. We've already hinted at it, at a matchup that could be contentious, and we're a little down on the Titans. But I'm telling you, as much as we like to talk about the Titans being down, We've talked much more this episode about Justin Herbert not being better than a lot of quarterbacks. And so I think as Justin a podcast. Justin Herbert's a top 10 fringe top 5 QB in this I, think I don't want to effing hear this slander. Not Ooh, I like this take from George, so I'm going to side with him here. Fringe. I like this George take here. I think the Titans, I think Mr. Derrick Henry, the king, will have quite a big game. I think he's going to run all over this Chargers D that sounds a little injured. You know, I think my boy Ryan Tannehill will game manage this one a little bit. But I'm interested to hear James. James sounds like he's going to be a little more pro Chargers here, and I'm not liking that. I'm I'm very high on the Chargers anyway. I mean, the Chargers. I've I've just like been a very big proponent of the Chargers since Justin Herbert has been good. Um, so I've kind of followed them for a while. But just like as a note for this game, Joey Bosa is supposed to come back, and they Ooh. might get Derwin James back for this Ooh. game. Derwin James a little bit more up in the air, but Joey Bosa, they said they said during the broadcast, is like on pace to come back for this week. He's really and good at all this year. He, I think he played a little bit at the beginning, and he came back and got hurt again. It, it was a weird. They, they've been hurt. The, the Chargers have been absolutely decimated with injuries this year. However, however, they have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back. Justin Herbert's one of the best QBs in the league. I, I agree with Knight with United that Derrick Henry is could is probably going to tear up that that uh, that defense of the Chargers, but terrible run defense. I, but I but, but the Titans defense is worse, <laughs> and I think Justin Herbert's about to carve them up and get up to such a lead that they can't run the ball and mm, they have. That could be true. It could be um, true. So I I believe that on the back of Justin Herbert, off of this incredible win in my incredible win against Miami. They're going to beat the Titans and go on a run to make the playoffs. I, I, I charge to win this game. As much as I think Justin Herbert is not sniffing top five quarterback status in the league, I do believe Chargers win this game. I think Eric Henry could run all over the Chargers, but as I think James' analysis is pretty spot on. I think when you go down 14, you can't give the ball to Derrick Henry 14 times a drive. I think Chargers win this one. The playoff hopes alive in Tennessee has to get ready for a battle. In Didn't you say when you were down ten at half? Though you're supposed to come from half and give it to Chubb three times Cleveland immediately. Well, that's well, he said. Well, well, George also said fourteen for this one, so that's yeah. yeah four but that, that's like he, he it's said. Very like, different when you're the Cleveland Browns because the Titans have won games. Actually, have a win. We've Nick got Trump another big matchup here. I don't know if, if someone else wants to take it. I'm sure someone. Yeah, I'll, I'll take. I'll. I will happily take the Dolphins Bills game because I think the Bills are going to crush them. <laughs> like, I. I think that this is not going to be a close game right now. Lost Every time I say the Bills are going to crush them, they don't though. Like that's that's like I bet no, on the Bills yeah, last week my, and my, they didn't. I mean the Bills. I mean they didn't like kill the Jets last week, but I think the Jets are more of a team that's built to. Like I think the Jets are built to like play with the Bills, and like in like cold weather. The Dolphins I don't think can play in cold weather. Like first, like first of all, I think the Chargers and the 49ers over the last two weeks have given a blueprint on how you dis- how you dis- disassemble the Miami offense. 
you 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 jam the receivers early. You get pressure on Tua. You make him you you make you force him to make throws that he just can't make, and he looks like an average QB to a below average QB when he does that. So I think defensively, the Bills are going to go in this game knowing what to do. Tyree Kill's ankle is kind of messed up right now. It's not like a serious injury. He should be playing, but the fact that he might even be limited is a negative factor. And this is just my like little. I've, I said this in group chats all week. Like the Dolphins had heaters when they were in LA, and it was 55 degrees in the stadium. They're about to go play a snow, probably a snow game in Buffalo. They are not, and they don't run the ball. They're not going to be able to beat Buffalo. Like it is not going to be a close game. The Dolphins are going to get crushed. Tua's going to have enough. Maybe he might have a little better game, but it's it's nothing. Josh Allen going to take him down. And the Bills, in my opinion, are still mad about the game earlier this week that they choked away to the Dolphins. So I think the Bills easily win this game. Fair enough. Fair enough. I got I got the Bills in a tight game just because it's in Buffalo. It's my analysis. Yeah, I'm gonna. I I. It's hard for me not the the Bills feel like a very dominant football team, and you know the weeks where they don't dominate, you it's they still get it done. You know, it's just they're not winning by ten. You know, um, and I I think again, I think just the matchup here. I'm not very high on Miami to begin with. I think I think I have. I'm I'm not. I find it interesting that y'all were all saying being 30 degrees hotter can kill you, but being 30 degrees colder will make you that worse. Because um, you were all fine. Whole, whole different animal. Well, I, I see. Part of me feels like it's not, and that's where if uh, it's if 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 you can play in hot temperatures, but you you can't play in cold, it's probably the same way. Like it's the same thing. It's, with just it's like the altitude difference in like, Denver. No, but it's a lot easier to play in warm weather games for a team that's like normally plays in the cold than it is for a cold weather than it is for a hot oh, weather. Oh, sure, I agree. It's different. My but... season started at a hundred degrees and ended at two degrees. I will play the offensive lineman. I actually like the cold games, but the receivers that ball gets hard. See, I'm just saying, me numb. personally, like when I go to Florida, even when it's like for... eighty, it's too hot for me. That's just like the way I was born. Yeah raised up here but that's whatever it is i i still think the bills win we're all in agreement here on this one i think so let's yeah. talk about some our team predictions there you go everyone's got a game this week at least so that's good let's go <laughs> georgie i think we're um, gonna head it over to you first yeah browns ravens lamar appears to be out again um but the ravens like they did against the steelers run the football Oh yeah, they could play defense. Um, it's gonna be a tight game. How how is a tight game with the Steelers? I expect a tight game. I don't expect a blowout either way. I expect the Ravens to run the ball a lot, and I expect Deshaun Watson to take another step and knock some rest off. And with the Browns in a close one with the home field advantage, and the game could go either way and could come down to the last possession. See, George, you said uh, his coming out game is going to be down against the Commanders. I am but yeah, that's, sincere. That's, his coming out game is his five touchdowns, 400 yards, 60 on the ground game. That's no, I'm telling you, I think it's going to be this week. I'm telling you, that Ravens, the Steelers... Should put it this way: If the Steelers don't miss that field goal, and Trubisky throws the ball a little better, we win that game by seventeen. 
A lot of ifs. No, it's a lot of ifs. My point is, I think Deshaun Watson is that. I believe he's a lot better than Trubisky is. Um, I know you've had his struggles. I'm not big on him. I made fun of him a lot earlier in the show. But if he plays this the deal he's been playing and he doesn't greatly improve, I agree. It's probably going to be a close game, you know. But I think if Deshaun Watson plays some Deshaun Watson football, I think this is like a 30-point blowout. And I'm honestly worried. like if Because if, if Deshaun Watson gets on this early, I think y'all are significantly more of a dangerous team, especially going forward for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think we're making the playoffs. I no, but, I, but I'm saying if Deshaun comes out and, like, puts four tutties up this week, I think you, you get a lot more confident about it. Sure. Uh, Ames, big, big, big game this week for you. I can't say big enough. Unless he wants oh, to pick is... the Ravens. Wait, what? Are you taking Sorry, any Ravens? I was moving on to James's Oh, we can move on to James's game. I was going to say. We didn't hear I don't, oh, yeah, the George, the I don't care what James predicts about the Browns. No, George gave his prediction, but I wasn't sure if, if you had any takes on that Ravens game. But we can, we can move on. Oh, I mean, uh, no, I no like, not really. I think, uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be a tighter game than most people believe it will be. Fair enough. It's my, it's my it's my one possession game that comes down to the last drive. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I think. No, that, I see that. I could see that for sure. So I, I think we're all. You know, I basically kind of disagree with George. I think it'll be a close. Like I think just looking at it, like from like an outsider's perspective, right? Who doesn't really have a ton of knowledge about football, might be like, oh, the Ravens are nine and four, the Browns are five and eight, the Ravens should kill them. But I think like when you kind of get down to like the the nitty gritty, the details of it. I think it'll be a it'll be a one possession game, like George said. Mike, it'll come down to the wire. The Ravens could either choke it away, or the Browns could choke it away. I mean, two teams known for choking really coming into the coming into the game. Um, our linebackers this week. One of our starting inside linebackers this week is named Tony Fields the Second. Guys are big football guys, right? You guys do not know who Tony Fields the Second is, do you? No idea who that is. Exactly. Deion Jones, he was good in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, so we're we moving on to me or we're moving on to Nighters? No, we'll go, we'll go to you, James. We'll give you that. All right, well, big, big as game George here. was saying, this is this is a this game has playoff implications. Big, have big. heavy playoff implications. If Washington wins this game, they put themselves in a insanely good position to make the playoffs if they lose they still have a chance but it becomes a lot lot harder so this is a must-win game for both teams now washington's coming out of the bye so that that that, i believe that helps them a little bit um because ironically enough in every single game that scott turner has more than seven days to prepare for a game the offense looks 10 times better like the only times they've ever scored more than like 20 points or like 21 points are when Washington has like an extra like day to a week to prepare. So I believe that the offense will come out looking much better than last time. But I think really what this comes down to is kind of like what I said last week. It's really going to come down to the run game on both sides. You know, can Washington establish the run and get the play action game going while at the same time can, can uh, the Washington defense really limit limit Saquon Barkley again, but also limit Daniel Jones. Because last time they weren't good at limiting Daniel Jones on the ground. They limited Barkley really well. They did a great job shutting down Barkley. But 
they're gonna have to they're gonna have to make sure Daniel Jones doesn't get out of the pocket and start doing these QB runs anymore. That's gonna get really dicey like it did last time. You know, and again, I think what an interesting battle to see is gonna be the defensive tackle battle in this game is you have a great ta- you have a great tandem Darren Darren Payne and Jonathan Allen against Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams because I'm pretty sure Leonard Williams is playing in the game. And I really do think whoever wins the tackle battle in this game is gonna is gonna go out to the win here. I think it'll be Allen and Payne. I think they're better than Lawrence and uh, than the duo of Lawrence and Leonard Williams, but we'll have to see. And um, yeah, I you know I think it's I think it's gonna be a tough, hard fought game. It's gonna be gritty. It's gonna be gonna be gonna be punch in the face kind of game, punching in the mouth kind of game. Uh, in the end, though. I believe Washington will win the game. I believe they'll win 27-21 and firmly put themselves in a position to make the playoffs and and potentially win a playoff game this year. I need Scary Terry to go off this game, James. So do I. So do I. I I have to win my fantasy week over this other guy by like 40 points to go to the playoffs. So I need... Listen, dude. Scary Terry... He'll be out there. If Taylor, like I said, and like I think it was one of the episodes, if Taylor Heineke is at QB, Scary Terry will always eat. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, I'm I'm high on Danny Dimes. I like him too, but I do think the Commanders take this game as well. You know, I just feel like, especially, you know, just I I think especially with the way the defense is playing, especially if the injuries, like James says, are improving and coming back in a positive way, I think they're going to be able to pull this one off. Um. No, yeah, and, and, and you know, just to hit home the point again, it is incredible how different Washington's offense looks when they have extra time to prepare. I don't know what Scott Turner does with those with that extra time, but, man, does he come up with good stuff. I, I wish that was how we were every week, but, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> like, I, like I said, like, you know, For like sure. you said, Nair, the injuries, the injuries are getting better. You know, the team has had a bye week to get healthy, prepare. They're playing the same team they played last time against. They basically just had to double prepare for this game. So they should they should theoretically have a very good game plan for this. I still think it'll be close because it's a division game, but in the end I think they will. Fair enough. I think that heads us down over to a game that I think we actually will have a little bit of contention on because I think y'all are a little higher on the Panthers than I am. I'm telling you. In this Steelers-Panthers game. <laughs> Mitchell Trupitsky and I'm assuming Mason Rudolph are going to come out. They're going to throw some footballs. Let me tell you. They're going to throw it down the field. They might throw it to the defense a little bit. They might throw it to the defense a little bit, but they're throwing it. It might as well be a punt the way they're throwing it. Let me tell you. I'm telling you, we're going to – I. It's the first time I'm going to compliment our offensive coordinator because the deep ball is in the offense, and that's you know something that I like to at least watch. It at least like gives you a little excitement. You're like, oh, we might do something. You know, <laughs> does it hurt when it's an interception? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at least you're like, ah, at least Mitch threw it to the ten. So that's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> threw it to the ten. Um. So you know, I'm looking at this game. I think we should be able to win it if our defense plays. <laughs> The Panthers don't – I don't know a single person on the Panthers anymore other than the guy on my fantasy team who I will not be playing this week because he doesn't catch footballs. Like, I – be for real. I'm not high on him. 
I know I'm biased. I'm a Steelers fan. But give me my boys by like 10. By 10. That's a. Yeah, where um, is that? At home. I believe. I can go yeah, check it out. I'm, I'm going to think that. No, Steelers no, it's Steelers are away. No, Steelers are away. Come oh, on. Give me the home team. Give me Carolina <laughs> close. I was really going to go with whoever the home team is. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Carolina is a good run attack, and your run defense got exposed last week. I think Carolina has a good pass defense. However, I think Sam Darnold literally won't be able to throw the ball against you guys between your pass rush and your pass defense. So give me the under. Whatever the under set, over under set at, I'll take the under. Fair enough, fair enough. I'll take Carolina close at home. Fair enough. Yeah, like, I mean, like, James George, I'm basically agreeing, agreeing with George here. I I think the Panthers are just kind of on a hot streak right now. They're kind of the team that the Steelers don't want to play because I feel like the, the, their two styles are very similar in the sense of, like, they both just want to play, like, a, a gritty game of football. Like, that, like it, it, they want like both teams really just kind of want to do the same thing, but I think one team just does it better. Like I think the Steelers ideally would like to like establish the run and have like a good running attack behind a great I can't defense. Wait. Najee's gonna start dribbling some no name Panthers, and I'm gonna start. I'm just gonna put the gritty football quote over it. <laughs> I mean, you can. I, I listen. I just think uh, I think Wilkes has this team playing really well. They know who they are. Your your starting QP is hurt. <laughs> you don't even know who your starter is. It doesn't matter. We've got dogs all around. We've got dogs all around, James. <laughs> like I think I think TJ Watt could single handedly win this game for you guys. But like I you got to remember, James Duck Hodges almost got us to the playoffs. We can do whatever we want in Pittsburgh. No, listen. I think, yeah, <laughs> I, think I think it's a pick 'em game here. Like like I would t- I'll pick the Panthers because I think they're just hotter than the Steelers right now. But like. I think, right. I think it can go either way. One more game analysis for our boys down at Nuval Territory. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Point. This is going to be a hard one, I think. Take on the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be stacked. Yeah, da- Dallas is winning. Uh-uh. There's my, anal- no, There's my no. analysis. You said Dallas was winning last time. To, uh, give me Mr. Goldilocks. Because you know what I... I'm, I'll Just like James, so I'm going to give you sort of James's reasoning here. Everyone's like, oh, the Cowboys are scoring all these points. And then they go to the Texans and flop. They go to the Texans and flop. Went they, to the Texans and won. They won. The they won. They won on the road. Give me that. Don't say that that was a disappointing game if you're a Cowboys fan. Win is a win. In two no, weeks, but you, the, that I, trust me, I've... As a Steelers fan, I know a win isn't a win. You can be disappointed in a win. Like our week one. Oh, no, yeah. 100, 100, like our week George, one George, win. George, give, your, give your reasoning, though. Give your reasoning. I'll, you know, I'll, I wasn't going to give reasoning, but here's the reasoning. Dallas has an aggressive pass defense. Jacksonville has an aggressive pass offense. Usually, when you mix those two things together, you get a lot of touchdowns, you get a lot of interceptions. I think Dallas' secondary is better than Jacksonville's pass offense, and I think Dallas's pass rush is way, way, way better than Jacksonville's offensive line and way better than Tennessee's pass rush. I think Trevor Lawrence gets pressured and tries to make a big play. Picked off a couple times in this game, and the Dallas offense runs the ball all over Jacksonville. Hey, James, King, how, how many, many interceptions like did he throw last game? last game? How many interceptions did he throw last game? 
Tennessee Titans pass defense sucks. And remember, Derrick Henry ran for 121 last week, averaging like seven yards a carry. Ike and Tony Pollard are going to eat. Mm, I'm a little more you know, up on my jacks here. I, you know, I might be a little biased, yeah, but yeah, you know, I, I really, see a lot of explosive players on the Jags that I think are really booming right now. No, yeah, I um, I hear George's analysis. Mm-hmm. I think logically that would be the conclusion, right? I think logically you can look at these two teams and like be like, yeah, Dallas is more talented. Am a logical. They have, they, they, you know, Dallas is a more talented team. They're playing better right now. Even though Jackson was kind of hot, they're playing better just overall. But this is just the classic Dallas Cowboys game to lose. This reminds this game reminds me of the game. Fan. Oh yeah, but this game reminds. Hey, listen, man, fucking the playoffs right now. I don't care. <laughs> this reminds me of, I think it was three years, three or four years ago when. When Sam Darnold had mono and his first game back playing the Dallas Cowboys, he just lit him up, and no one expected it. Everyone had Dallas winning. I think the Jags can pull it off. Me too. I really think they have a shot. I'm not high on the Cowboys. Everyone is very confident in the Cowboys right now, and I am not as all in on them as everyone is. Have you watched the Cowboys play football this year? Um, Cowboys are really good. <laughs> I, I'm just like they don't. Point. Where are the Cowboys weak? But this is like a trap game. This is a trap game That's for Dallas. I, like, there's I, no reason Jacksonville should win, but this is just Cowboys, a trap game. This year just ball, feels like the, the year of anybody can win any game. Like, Absolutely. This year's definitely been like that. Oh, 100%. That's my point. It's like hard for me to be confident in any team. Like, I'm not even confident in, like, the Eagles anymore after that one week they had. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, what a great week that was. It was almost lost to the Cardinals. Last second field goal to win. But I think with that, we can head to our closing sign-off. We've got some bets to be made here. And, you know, I I had quite the week. I've had another back-to-back good performance. So I think we're going to be looking here at some different lines and stuff like that. And I'm going to give you what I'm taking. All right. All right. I'm looking at these games here. Let me tell you what I see. Let me tell you what I see. We've talked a lot of football here. We've talked a lot of games. And when I'm looking at this game... Peter didn't prepare his picks. I, uh, listen, <laughs> I see a lot of... Well, there, the thing is, I like to I like to make my picks after we had talk a little bit, you know? I, I look a little bit at our analysis. I, actually, I think it's really bad to have your picks at the beginning because I feel like sometimes your friends bring up points, you know, that you weren't thinking about. Like, I don't watch all the games, so, like... But I'm going to start off with something that I think you guys are both going to find controversial. Give me the uh, Tennessee Titans plus three. I think they're winning this game. I think I need them to win this game. And unlike my Ravens strategy last week, give me them. Give me them first. I'm, I'm just where I'm starting. Next, I think I have to put them on here again just to meme on you guys. But with an injured Kyler Murray, I don't think they got anything over there. Broncos country. Let's ride once. Wait, just wait, wait, wait. What is the Russell Wilson injury status before I say Broncos He does country? not appear like he's going to play this week. Oh, God. Wait, I'm staying away from that. Broncos country can ride later. <laughs> Broncos country can ride later. You know who I will take? Give me the Chiefs minus 14. Oh, pulling a George from last week. I, it's, it's a big spread. It's scary. 
especially it's against the same team. It's against the Texans, you know? It's the trap game again, you know? It's a trap game, it is. I, I think, though, I think the odds of them having two performances like that back-to-back is low. I think Patty Mahomes, I am way more confident in Kansas City than I am in the Cowboys. So I'm going to go take that 14 little beater. You know, I just said I'm not confident in them, but I look at this game. It's one we actually didn't talk about today, but I think it's going to make it onto my thing. I, I'm confident in him on my fantasy team. He was my fantasy treasure of the year. Give me the Eagles minus nine. I think that's just uh, – the, they're playing the Bears. I think the Bears are a tough team, but I, I think just at the point that the Bears are in their season, they, they I think they're tanking, you know? I, I don't think they want to win more games at this point. Um. I think they they and even if they wanted to win, I don't think they're going to. Um, this is I think a pretty decent spread for the game, honestly. My final normal pick, I I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the uh, Thursday night game. I think, nah, maybe we have a lot of Saturday night football, so I actually want to get a pick there. This is the first week of Saturday night football, right? We didn't even talk about yeah, that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I they they lost me at last week. I'm gonna try it again. Give me the Bills minus seven and a half. Okay. It's a little bit lower of a spread, and I think I can give it over to George, who is now in second place, for his picks. First pick. I got. I like this one a lot. Almost made it my lock of the week. There's one pick I just like a lot more. Minnesota minus four against Indianapolis. I think Minnesota's going to come out with a little fire coming off that loss. I think the Colts. I do have a little creepy double repeat. I am taking one off Nighters, but it's not one that he would expect me to take. It's one I had written down when, when we started, before we started this episode, and... It's one I actually talked against in the episode, but sometimes you got to your heart and off your brain. Give me the Titans plus three. Oh, I, mm, I know it. George wants that playoff spot. He wants it, and we need it. Titans plus three. Um, other two picks I really like. I like <coughs> the Patriots. An even spread against the Raiders. I think it's playoff time for Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick knows how to playoffs and win crucial games. And I think Josh Daniels is one of the worst football coaches in the league. And my final normal pick. Me. The Detroit Lions in an even spread against the New York Jets. Uh, I love that spread for the Lions. The Jets have some quarterback injuries, some quarterback troubles. The Lions are hot. They're ready to come out firing. At some even point, spread. they got to cool down, though. Give me them Detroit Lions. James, we're over James, to you. And this is going to be uh, all five for you, James. I gotta go all five. Yeah. Well, tough one here, you know. So there's a lot of interesting bets. A lot of interesting bets. Um, my first one, though, 
is going to be – it's a bit homery, but I don't care. Washington minus four and a half versus the Giants. I believe in them to win. I believe they'll win by more than a field goal. Blind and, dog uh, saw that pick coming. <laughs> I have to I have to root for the team. I have to root for the team. My next pick is going to be uh, – you know, originally I wasn't going to take this pick. I wasn't going to do it. But because both of you went against it, I want it so bad. Give me the Chargers minus three versus the Titans. <laughs> Give me a big game for the for the weekly picks. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It could be. We're going to be watching this one. We're definitely going to be talking this one next week. I guess we all watch this one. Yeah. All right. So my next pick after that is going to be, and I kind of hinted at this earlier. Give me the Jags plus four and a half versus the Cowboys. This Ooh, week. That's a good one. I like that. I wanted to take them again. I really did. What was the spread on that one? Oh, it's four and a half. Yeah, like I said, I feel like this is a trap game for the Cowboys. It's a game they shouldn't lose, but I feel like they'll just lose. And, you know, not, not trying to get a me, me and George have been at it today a lot. You know, we've had a few disagreements. Me again. A few arguments. I'm taking the Jets over the Lions in the Pick'em game. No way, dude. It's Dan Campbell? G. G. J. E. S. Jets. 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 I like that. I like that kind of attitude. I like. We've got a lot of contention. I mean, either I'm going to have a good week or James have a good week, but we ain't both having a good week. <laughs> Give me one more I originally time. wasn't going to take the Chargers there, but after you guys both like ta- are talking down to them, I, I just have to. I have to, you know. No, I understand. And then my, uh, and then my lo- I do my lock of the week now, right? Yep. And then my lock of the week is the Bengals minus five versus the Buccaneers. That's that feels good. That feels good really good. That feels like a good lock. Yeah, it does. I feel a shame I didn't see that game. I'm, I'm honestly. It's, dude, it's not even minus five. It's minus three and a half. Oh. Hmm. All right. It doesn't feel fair. Hold on. <laughs> I, I, that's what I said when I saw the pick, dude. All right. Yeah, it is minus three and a half. I guess it is in Tampa. All right, and they might—they might be without T. Higgins and without Tyler Boyd, so True. that probably plays into True. it a little bit. But I, I still just believe in them. They're playing well. Joe right Burrow now. can see good yeah. defense. Georgie, yeah. lock. I, mean, I lock of the week, and if you think James's sounds unfair, we have the 49ers on Thursday night football minus three against the Seahawks. Oh, Seahawks, a blunder of a game, and the 49ers are the toughest defense in football. I. I might need to go find a way to put real money on that game because that feels like a lock. All right. But I, for my lock, I'm setting myself up for a heartbreak of a week here. <laughs> I've, I feel like my, my strategy has been to beat bet with logic and pick the easy games so far. I think that's what led me to my first, the first person on this show to get to double digits. Uh, don't want to. But I'm telling you, my boys got some fighting spirit left in them. Give me that Pittsburgh Steelers, whatever the spread is. What are we looking at the spread there? I don't even care. Giving us two and a half. 
plus two and a half. I, I see us losing this game by one point, so give me two and a half any day of the week. Um, it's gonna. It's either gonna be a close game and heartbreak like it was last week, or it's going to be a big boy dub for the Steelers. Give me my minus Steelers. Two and a half or plus two and a half. Plus two and a half. Steelers plus okay. two and a half. Wow. I'm telling you, it's my. It's, I've said it every show. The Steelers just play better when they're the underdogs. Just I don't know what's about. It is about them. They just do. So that's gonna be our lock. That's going to be our bets. We've got Niter with the – that's going to be Drew for, for you all with the show. But I'm going with the Titans plus three, the Chiefs minus 14, the Eagles minus nine, uh, the Bills minus seven and a half. And then for my money lock of the week, give me my Pittsburgh Steelers up two and a half. If we could get everyone to do a little summary just like that, it would be really great. Yeah, George, you want to go first? Orange. I mean, my, not my Minnesota Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings, minus four, a Detroit Lions fan at this point. The Titans, plus three. New England, even against the Raiders. Lions, even against the Jets. And my money lock of the week, 49ers on Thursday night football, minus three over the Seahawks. And then we'll pass it over to Jamesy. All right. So, James's locks of or bets of the week, including his lock. We'll start with the bets. Commanders minus four and a half versus the Giants. Chargers minus three versus the Titans. The Jaguars plus four and a half against the Cowboys. And a, the Jets in a pick'em game are my regular bets. And my lock of the week is the Bengals minus three and a half Feels versus like the Buccaneers. Two. Feels like a stats. That will wrap up our bets, though. That will wrap up the show. We wanted to thank everyone, especially if you got to this point, the video or podcast or episode. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate you tuning in. the video and you send me a text or comment on one of our videos that says, I love maple syrup. You will get... Oh. Buy you an ice cream cone next time I see you, and if I don't ever see you again, we'll get a shout out on the show, and maybe you'll get to participate next week. Our oh. pick'em. Oh, I'm I'm down to let that happen if we get someone. To say. Is George is George gonna have a ice cream cone and a participation in the pick'em? If you got to the end of this, what is it? Almost three hour episode. Two and a half. We have it at right now. Two and a half really? hour. And you comment or text one of us. I love maple syrup. Fair enough. So, but that, speaking of which, we've got m- many a platform for you to do that on. We're not I'm, – I'm falling a little off with it, but I, I swear I'm going to get back on it. Our TikTok is active. We've got a lot of videos going up there. We appreciate all the followers and likes that we're getting on there, but remember you're going to want to share and save and copy the link on all that stuff too. Even repost it if you feel like it. That will help us all out, especially getting it out to new people. We also got our YouTube channel where we post every episode every week. That's usually where it gets up first. But we also post on RSS.com, which gets our episodes onto things like Spotify. Um, we're potentially even looking at other things right now. I might not have told the boys about this yet, so it's a surprise. But I'm looking at some stuff maybe like Amazon Music. I'm looking at some other Ooh. services like that that potentially right, with right. our subscription that we already have through RSS that we might be able you to interact get on with us on Twitter as well. Yeah, that's the thing. We've got a Twitter live and active that we respond really well to. There we do polls and stuff like that, trying to interact with the community. So we, we've got that. Um, 
other social media that we, we probably don't have yet that we might want to get up, maybe an Instagram in general, maybe just like some stuff like that, but I, I don't know how much we'd want to do with that. Boys need to discuss that a little more probably. But at the end of the day, remember to like, subscribe here on YouTube if you're here. Follow us on Spotify and pin all the stuff that you listen to there. And whatever platform you're listening on, we really enjoy any amount of engagement we get. We really love talking with the fan base, talking with the community, getting y'all's insight. Because, again, we're, we, we are pretty biased, especially when it comes to our own takes. So we appreciate getting that outside interaction. But, again, it's been a long one, especially if you got here. We appreciate you tuning in. And I'm, that's a sign-off. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys. All right, thanks, guys.